Hey, there we go. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Way of the Truth Warrior. My name is David Whitehead. I am very, very excited to be here for this particular show. I know I tell you that all the time, but it's because we're talking about amazing stuff on this podcast. You're in the right place at the right time. Today, it is Monday, December the 5th, 2022. We are almost wrapping up this crazy year, uh, moving into 2023. Who knows what we got in store, but either way, we're going to cover it all here on Truth Warrior. I'm very happy to be here. Um, today's show, I'm going to give you a little introduction to how this came together. It's very synchronistic, and I'm really excited for it. We've done a lot of work preparing it for you. We're going to be asking the question, is Canada a sovereign nation? What do we mean by that? What's really going on? How did the government get away with what they got away with? We're going to ask some of those questions and getting into the origins of our country on the legal front might help us answer those questions. Um, what we're going to be talking about today is uh, something that I've been looking on and off with for actually probably about 10 years, looking in the sovereign movement, looking into the maritime admiralty system, uh, the British crown, you know, all that stuff. And uh, but at the same time, I was always trying to find something that would actually help people learn about this and update what they know about it so that we can find something that's actually a real viable solution to the situation we find ourselves in Canada. And I hope some of the information we're going to share with you will help you no matter what country in the world you live in, because ultimately we are talking about how this all came to be, because this whole situation we went through in the past few years, the whole world went through it. And everybody's countries set up just slightly different. Um, the, the laws, the history, the origins, it's all a little bit different. So today we're going to talk about Canada, but I'm sure there's a lot of relevant stuff in here for those of you watching from any other country. And so you're more than welcome. Before we jump into it, though, I just want to make a very exciting announcement. Um, well, let me give you the bad news first. The bad news is I'm canceling my Wednesday morning show. That's the bad news. However, the good news is that I have just moved the time slot up a couple hours. So instead of the show being at 9 a.m. Pacific time, it's going to be at 12 noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, and I'm going to be doing it with my good friend, Josh Reed. And we're going to be hosting it on Badlands Media, which was set up by Patel Patriot and some other really great people. And they've just been really, really hitting the ground running over there. They've got a lot of different content. They want to diversify their content. And so Josh and I, instead of resurrecting Mars Chronicles, which I know was very popular and a lot of you guys really loved it, he and I felt like we were sort of covering a lot of the same ground and we were really just waiting on a few final guests that we wanted to finish the Mars Chronicles series to kind of get all that stuff out and let you decide what you think about it. Um, but we never heard back from some of them, so we might be able to finish those episodes down the road. But we wanted something that we could do ongoing uh, that would work really, really well for this new opportunity with Badlands. And so we're calling it Earth Chronicles. So you can look forward to that starting actually this Wednesday, December 7th. Um, and we are going to be doing this weekly. It's going to be about a 90-minute show. Josh and I are going to be doing it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get a lot more exposure, both of us. they got a huge audience over there. Um, and it's going to allow us to continue to do this work. So we're really excited about that. Just want to let you know about that out of the gate. Uh, let me just quickly double check some of our streams to make sure everything is rocking okay. I hope everybody's well. Good stuff. We're live on the Foxhole, Pilled, DLive, Twitch, Rockfin, and Rumble. We should be live on Rumble. 
All right. Well, let me just open up with how this whole show came to be. I actually had a totally different show planned, but Synchronicity had it that this is what needs to be covered. And I'm actually going to do uh, another show on a similar theme, talking about Canada with another guest next week. So we're going to keep this conversation going. But here's how it happened. Um, we were talking on my Telegram channel. There's always just some incredible discussions and sometimes intense debates over on my Telegram channel. And uh, I was speaking very positively about Danielle Smith, who's the new premier of Alberta. I had the general impression that, hey, you know, she's a step in the right direction. You know, not a full separation from Canada, but a sovereignty act where uh, supposedly Alberta would be able to declare its sovereignty and its own sovereign power against the federal government, which we all know is incredibly corrupt and really nobody wants to be a part of it, kind of forced into this marriage, so to speak. Um, and so I'm thinking, oh, hey, you know, she's doing good. She's getting a lot of slings and arrows from the media. Uh, she, she talks a good game. She's very sharp. Um, and, you know, I like a lot of the stuff that I've been hearing and I like to see, you know, she's been fairly resilient to a lot of the criticism. She's faltered here or there, but all in large, I was talking about this on my Telegram. And uh, my guest today had some interesting comments for me. We had a little bit of a back and forth and he won me over. He impressed me. And I was so curious to see what he had. And I secretly knew he was probably right. And we're going to define everything and clear up a lot of misunderstandings I think people have about the subject we're going to talk about today. And I'm even going to play devil's advocate and pro propose some challenges just to see um, how the responses will be. But guys, the goal with this show is always to try to find out what is the truth. Okay. I'm not an expert. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. My guest is not a lawyer. We are just two passionate Canadians that agree that we are in dire straits in this country, that we desperately need a real solution that's actually going to work. And we can, and that we can only get to that solution if the truth about how we got into the situation becomes known and understood by the people of Canada. And again, I hope this will benefit people watching from other countries because we all have to do this, don't we? As we see the marching armies of the world going towards globalism and away from national sovereignty and bringing us into this new world order, great reset run by a bunch of unelected bureaucrats from Davos and Rome and God knows where else. Um, we need to start having these conversations. What is a country? Why is it valuable? Do we even have a country? Is it legit on paper, legally? Is Canada a sovereign nation? Is it really? Uh, was the government in Canada acting illegally by breaking the constitution of Canada by with all the mandates and the lockdowns and all the crap they've been pulling all this time? Can we just blame it all on Justin Trudeau and his, and his gang? Or was this something that actually started right from the founding of our country where there was a lot of loopholes and a lot of chicanery and deception that went on to actually put in place a system where there wasn't any real checks and balances to hold these people accountable. So the question is, are these guys breaking the law? Are they just puppets that are installed? Probably yes, but could it be that they're not actually breaking the law because the law wasn't fully established in the favor of a sovereign nation to begin with? Just a question we're going to explore. And there was a comment I wanted to read to you guys about someone else that chimed in. I started to get kind of ganged up on. I was like, oh, okay, we got, this is, some people know these things in Canada. We got to have this conversation. And I'm, I apologize. I can't remember the name of the person in the Telegram chat that gave me this comment. So hats off to you, whoever you are. Thank you for this. But this is what they said. And this is what kicked it all off. 
all provincial and federal governments since 1931 have been de facto, meaning unlawful and illegitimate. Any and all bills or acts of parliament enacted by an unlawful government is void ab initio or void on its face. I used to believe Canada was a sovereign country with a constitution and a bill of rights too. Then I went and read legal documents pertaining to Canada throughout history and learned the truth. Nor was I taught this in school. The fact is, the documents prove that no lawful confederation has ever occurred. No constitution has ever been lawfully ratified, and both provincial and federal governments have been unlawful since the enactment of the Statute of Westminster on December 11th, 1931. It's not my opinion. It's what the documents state. Go to themythiscanada.com and read about it for yourself. So I went, okay, wow, let's go investigate this. And so guys, I want you to join me in this investigation. Uh, my good friend Zan up north is going to be jumping in with me and we're going to have a nice chat. He hails from Manitoba. Let's go ahead and bring him in. And there he is. Zan, how you doing, brother? Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to Truth Warrior. I am pumped for this, man. This is going to be some good times. We're going to blow some myths away and uh, we're going to set the record straight. And uh, we're going to get people engaged in this like never before, because that's the only way that we're going to get out of this. We have to come together like never before and figure out how we want to create a nation for everybody. Like this is not, this is beyond politics. It's beyond the partisan of the politics and stuff like that. It's just, this is about you, me and everybody else. And what we want to, what we want to do, what country we want to live in, what rules we want to have, how we elect our government, what kind of government we have, all that good stuff. So uh, we're going to go and look at the documents so there's no confusion. It's not my opinion. This is not your opinion. This is not anybody's opinion. This is what the documents state. And I'm just going to help walk people through this so that we can clear this up once and for all. And uh, then we can get to the business of uh, figuring out how we want to how we want to remedy it because the one thing we have to understand here is that everybody plays a stake in this. This isn't like a small click over here and a click over here can do this and they can do this and whatnot. No, no, no. We got to all do this together and agree on how we want to run things here because we have the executive power. That's the one thing that everybody in Ottawa and in the legislatures all over this landmass, they they're terrified, absolutely terrified of us figuring out that they don't have a net underneath them. They have no lawful authority to govern, and all the executive power belongs to you, me, and every other legal resident of this landmass known as Canada. And I would typically don't use the term nation because of the legal aspect of it. Cause we're not in terms of law. We're not the, like we were talking earlier with the, you know, the, the more philosophical part of, of whether or not we're a nation. Well, obviously we are, cause we share, you know, lots of different things. So, and that's Actually, basically, can I pause you there, Zan, real yeah. quick. I'll read that definition. Yeah, do it. We had a really good chat behind the scenes and we, uh, and again, just, I want to thank you. And that was a great opener. Because it shows we're not here to attack patriotism of Canada, love what? for Canada. I was born and raised here, and I think that's where I got a little bit defensive in the beginning. I may have misunderstood some of the original discussions we had. You know, you're feeling a little bit like I'm watching these globalists 
come in all over the place trying to basically talk people out of of having a national identity of any kind yeah. so my first thought was well what if there's some kind of psyop behind some of this stuff to put this out into the pop population so that people uh, start to disconnect from their country and feel hopeless. They're like, oh my God, we're not even a country. Like I'm out like, and, yeah. and no, I you know, the globalists would no love nothing more. But then when we, in, we talked uh, and we're, you're going to see guys, as we talk moving forward, there's actually nothing more patriotic yeah. that you could do for your country than to find out the root cause of where things went wrong. And I'm going to read the definition of a nation as you were bringing it up. And mm -hmm. we're going to make a contrast between that and what's on paper and what isn't in the legal sense. Yeah. Because there's a big difference. So let yeah. me just read this uh, real quick. Definition of a nation, a principled standpoint that regards the world as governed best when nations are able to chart their own independent course, cultivating their own traditions and pursuing their own interests without interference. And I would suggest, Zan, that also includes without interference from the government, right? Yep. Well, that's the thing is that it says independent, right? That's a key word. So one of the problems that we have here is that we think we have an independent government, right? But obviously, well, last couple of years, it's really been obvious that we have what I, what I term mother weffers stuffed all over the place here. They've infiltrated every level and are pushing an agenda from unelected bureaucrats that for all intents and purposes, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, right? So I can't slap labels on people, but these people have psychotic ambitions. Um, and when you look, when you actually dig into like what the WEF wants to do, you know, and their, their agenda 2030, like, holy crap, like, these people are insane and people look at that and they see this juggernaut, right? Of these like massively rich people that have all this influence. They got the media in their back pocket. They got politicians in their back pocket and they're, they're, they're sitting here like you and me are sitting here and we're like, what the hell do we do? Like, how are we supposed to fight this? Right? Like you look at how that, like, well, just, just before we dive into the documents, like you look at what came out in the inquiry for the, the emergencies act right right yeah like these got like mendicini and i can't remember who else it was was it lamenti that were talking about deploying the tanks yeah like are you kidding me like that's your solution like you're supposed to be our elected reps right you're not just repping for you know the people that voted for you right like that's that's another common misconception i see people talking about all the time it's like oh well you didn't vote for me and it's like no 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 that's not how it works you represent everybody. You're like our mouthpiece, right? Like we elect you in there to do what we're supposed to put them in there. And they're supposed to do what we want them to do, right? Like they abide by our will. We select you to be our singular mouthpiece to go to Ottawa, right? Or wherever we've elected you, provincial or whatever. And then you represent us. So that's not what happens here because we don't have any legal documents that hold them to account. And there was a very famous case from 1990, I think it was, with uh, Jay Littlechild, who was elected based solely, he got like 80% of the vote in his riding, which is huge, right? Um, and his, he was put in office solely to vote against the GST when uh, I believe it was Mulroney was pushing for the GLT, GST, right? Like back in the late 80s, 
uh, I think it was 1990. And he was voted in by his constituent because he promised them in his campaign, I'll vote no. Right? So they vote him overwhelmingly. They send him to Ottawa. He goes in. The vote comes up, and he votes for it. And the constituents are like, are you fucking kidding me? We voted you in solely to say no. Right? And he just said, no, screw you. I don't have to do anything. So they took him to court. And the judge there basically said that he knows of no law in Canada that states that he has to abide by anything he says to in his campaign and does is not um, accountable to the constituents. Like that was a Canadian judge said that. So that set legal precedent. So basically, whenever you see a politician saying, I'm going to do this, and then they go and get elected and they do the exact opposite, there's no legal recourse for you. Oh my God, like you, that's incredible, man. Right? Like that, and that's an actual yeah, legal case. You could go, I could go and dig it up somewhere. I could send it to you. I'll post it on the chat room after we're done here or something. I can post that link to it. Because there's like, Actually, a, Sam, if you want, after um, you and I can collaborate and we can get a list of links and stuff together. Oh, nice yeah. and tidy, and we'll I got put tons, it for man. Everybody. Yeah. You have to have, you got to go deep on this. So we're going to go deep. And I really want to get going on like what happened because it's, it's a little time consuming, but. You'll see when we walk when I, when we walk through time, you'll see how um, the level of shenanigans that these people have perpetrated on us. Number one, um, okay, it started. Me, before we jump there, yeah, from the start. we got to get right into it. I think yeah. it'll be helpful if I just breeze through those eleven points of argument on that website um, as sort of okay. like an overview. Okay. Uh, let me just run through those real quick for people so that you know where this is coming from. Uh, so this is the site that uh, people were letting me know about, and uh, I'll leave it all there for you. It's the mythiscanada.ca or .com, I think. It's both. You and, can use both, I think. Yeah, I'll put all the links for you guys, though. And so they say this right on the front page. Okay, so here is the point of argument. So here are 11 important questions that you need to ask yourself. Where are the Articles of Confederation if Canada confederated in 1867 and is a sovereign nation? Why was Canada known as the Dominion of Canada, a British colony, until 1938 if Canada had confederated in 1867 and is a sovereign nation? Why in 1867 was the ENA, was the BNA Act created to be letters patent for the Governor General to the Dominion of Canada if Canada had confederated and is a sovereign nation? Why in 1893? Would the British Parliament deem it necessary to repeal certain sections of the BNA Act with the Statute Law Revisions Act if Canada confederated in 1867 as a sovereign nation? Why in 1931 would the British Parliament create the Statute of Westminster to nullify the Dominion of Canada if Canada confederated in 1867 as a sovereign nation? Why in 1946 did a foreign monarch, King George, appoint a representative for the UK a governor general, and then command the Parliament of Canada to create letters patent and command the PM at that time to sign on his behalf those letters patent in 1947 for his governor general if Canada confederated in 1867 and is a sovereign nation. There's just a few more here. Why did PM Trudeau in 1982 have the government create the Canada Bill and then take that <coughs> bill to the foreign monarch and have her parliament pass that bill as the Canada Act of 1982, if Canada confederated 153 years earlier and is a sovereign nation. It's a really interesting point. 
Why do prime ministers and other officials, when sworn into office here in Canada, swear their allegiance to a foreign monarch, Queen Elizabeth, and not to the people of Canada, if Canada confederated in 1867 and is a sovereign nation? If Canada is a sovereign nation, why does the government of Canada in their Interpretations Act define Canada as the internal waters and territorial seas if Canada confederated in 1867? Why was it necessary in 1990 to sue a member of the federal parliament, Jay Littlechild, MP? I think this is what you're talking about. Yeah, this is exactly what I'm talking about. To do his duty to his constituents and have the courts rule against yep. his constituents if Canada confederated and is a sovereign nation. And yep. the last one. Why in the Constitution Act of 1867 of Canada is there no clause that allows for land for the government of Canada to become a sovereign nation if Canada confederated in 1867 and is a sovereign nation? Over yeah. to you, Zan. Where do we start? Yeah. Okay, well, let's just start right at the beginning. So um, up until uh, the 1800s, or it's not the eight, yeah, the mid, the 1860s, sorry, uh, they, they were the okay we'll start right at the beginning here i'm just going to get this pulled up here okay so we'll start right at the beginning because this is an important point so in 18 or sorry 1670 the hudson bay company is chartered this is important to know because this will come around in uh 1870 with the rupert's land act um so we'll touch on that but just just so you know that's when they were they were chartered so they started hunting and trapping and stuff and uh, up in Canada and stuff, uh, uh, eight or sorry, 1670, they, st they were started. So from, uh, up until that time you had, uh, independent colonies, right. And there was French and the English. Um, and then in, or was it, uh, 1759, you had the battle on the plains of Abraham where England defeated Fr the French, right. Um, and, uh, after that you had, uh, the Treaty of Paris, uh, which was also called the Treaty of P uh, Peace and Friendship. So that was when they kind of, um, they wanted to sit governor generals there. So, but they, in order to do that, so I want you to throw up um, one of the, the legal definitions, because up until that time, there was like a, they set a whole bunch of governor generals and uh, ruled each one. They were independent colonies, right? Uh, so when we get up to, uh, 18, the 1800, 1860s, sorry, 1860s, uh, they have the civil wars going on in the U S right with Lincoln and freeing the slaves and all that stuff. Right. So I didn't realize this until actually just, uh, just recently I kind of put the pieces together. Um, I was watching another video on this and, uh, England got involved in that, uh, that war not directly, but allowed for private individuals to build ships in the shipyards in Liverpool, right? So they allowed them to build these ships that they used in that civil war. So England kind of got dragged into that. And this impacts Canada because this, this goes to the reason why we didn't get a federation in 1867. Okay, so like to add this context in here will give us the reason why, because in uh, 1864, there was a group of people out in the East that wanted a federation, because especially in Nova Scotia, they were saying like, why do we need this foreign monarch and this foreign government that's way across the ocean, that is not like us, right? 
we're different. We're unique to them. We don't need these guys ruling over us. We can do, we can take care of ourselves. Right. So they were, they were working to, to bring in uh, documents uh, that would, they could take to uh, London and basically ask the, the, the Imperial parliament, like, Hey, we want out, we want to create a federal government through a federation of the four colonies. Right. So, cause they were considered independent. Right. Uh, so they were working on that. And John A. McDonald was actually part of that. And I believe they came up with a 72, I think it was 72 resolutions in the Quebec resolutions that would, would have and stipulated how they were going to create a federal authority, right? Like a federal government and federate the, the independent colonies into an actual sovereign nation. Right. So that's what, uh, that's what they were, they were gunning for was that. So there was also this other document called, uh, it was like a bill called the kingdom of Canada, which the Quebec resolutions and the kingdom of Canada bill. I just got this binder over here. I'm kind of reading off. I just make sure I get this right. Cause I want it to be accurate. Um, but those two documents morphed into the BNA act. Uh, but it was nothing more than an elaborate plan to kind of dupe the colonists and we're going to get into that uh real soon so just so we're following here yeah you're saying the original colonists had every full intention of declaring a sovereign a sovereign nation outside of the jurisdiction of the rule of the crown of england okay the problem Something was took place at right at the beginning to throw that off Kilter, yeah, no, no, no. They they definitely wanted that. Sorry, this is falling out. Uh, they definitely wanted that, but the problem was is that the legis the central legislation, like the uh, legislature in Ottawa, there, right? Like because they were they were still four independent colonies, right? That they weren't united at all. They were four independent, and they didn't have the legal authority to federate without the imperial parliament because they were a colony of Britain. Right. So the Imperial Parliament in Britain and the Queen had the executive power. So they had to ask them, the UK, to enact the uh, Quebec resolutions that was more and the Kingdom of Canada Act or bill. Right. They had to get the Imperial Parliament to pass that, to ratify it, right, to make it lawful. And then if they if they had done that, they would they you have to read the document. I'm not going to go through it because it's it's kind of long. But um, like I said, that's go to the website. He's got everything posted up there. You, you can dig into it yourself. But they needed Britain to do this because they weren't a sovereign nation, right? They weren't sovereigns, right? And the definition of sovereign is like nobody is above you except for the for God, right? Like the infinite creator, that's it. It goes God sovereign and then everything's underneath, right? But they weren't sovereigns. They were colonists. So they had to go and basically ask the queen and her parliament for permission to federate. So they, they came up with this bill and they had every intention of creating a sovereign nation that they would rule. I believe they still wanted, they, they, the queen was still going to be on top, right? But they'd have a federal government, right? So they would federate and create a federal government and then, you know, you go about your biz, right? Of building a country, right? So they had a plan, but the British had a plan to control the colonies. And the reason was to pay off a debt incurred during the Civil War 
in the States for blowing up merchant ships during the Confederate War between 1861 and 1865, right? So those ships that they built in Liverpool that weren't British, but they'd allowed them to build them there. So they, they were kind of like, like enemy combatants without actually taking a shot, but they helped the enemy combatants by building those fleets that went down and blew all the merchant ships up, right? So of course, Lincoln, when he won that, was like, uh, you owe us some money for all these ships you blew up, right? So that's what the Treaty of Washington was all about, was settling those debts, right? And that's a massive document. That's got like 1,200 pages. That's huge. I tried tackling that sucker, but... I just got bogged down. I was like, holy crap. I'm going to come back to this after I figure out this mess. But so that's, they were involved in that civil war down in the States. And that that's part of the reason why they didn't allow this federation to take place. So what they wanted to do was to give the colonies the illusion of confederation, but not give it to them because they wanted to collect, you know, taxes from them. Right. So that they could pay off the debt that they were going to incur from blowing up all these ships. And I believe they ended up paying Lincoln about $15.5 million. And that's back in 1860s money, like 1870s. That's a lot of cheese, man. So the monarchy at that time, too, was broke, right? And they probably weren't able to defend the Canadian the Canadian border from the us and this is the interesting thing that i just found out um from uh, digging around here was that they uh the the queen was very worried about what lincoln was going to do because actually lincoln had and his government had drawn up papers to annex canada because he knew that the brits were broke and didn't have the, the means to defend it. So they had literally, like the U.S. Senate had like drawn up paperwork on how much they were, on, on how they were going to annex Canada and make it American, right? Like we came really close to being annexed by the states and having one giant country called America, right? But so the queen seeing that was like, okay, um, Apparently it was, uh, what was it? Johnny McDonald. Yeah. He got a, uh, letter here. Where is it? Uh, where was it here? Yeah. Okay. So in 1865, Johnny McDonald claimed he received notification from a U.S. statesman claiming if the U S and Britain did not agree to the settlement of claims, they were like the Alabama claims. I think they were called, uh, over England sinking U S ships in the civil war. War would break out between the two nations. Canada would be invaded. Now, this is in 1865. So this is two years before the, the whole, you know, all the shenanigans start with the BNA Act and everything. So this is the problem. If the U.S. annexed Canada, Britain being unable to defend the Canadian boundary, they would lose it, right? They would easily get overrun by the U.S., but they would still have to pay the indemnity for the lost ships and they would lose their colonies, right? In Ontario, Quebec, and New Brunswick and Nova Scotia, right? So it's a double whammy. You lose this huge territory and you still have to pay the reparations for getting involved in the Civil War, right? 
So Queen Victoria was like, hell no, this we can't let this go down, right? So if Britain conceded to Canada the right to form a federal reunion, this is the why they didn't want this to happen. So if Britain conceded to Canada the right to form a federal union, it would mean two like independent nations, America and Canada, uh, meaning, and they were they would likely ally with each other against right. Britain. Like right. now they're really screwed, right? Like they don't want to give the Canadians a federal government and make them a sovereign country, right? Because what are they going to do? You think they're going to go with Britain that was lording over them and taking, you know, hell no, right? Because Nova Scotia was already getting uppity and like, screw this, man. Like we want out, right? Yeah, I remember, I remember uh, my my wife did political science in at York University in Toronto. Okay. She did a lot of history. She's probably more adept at the official Canadian history than I am. Yeah. And she told me a long time ago, she says, the craziest thing about the Federation of Canada is that it was almost like everybody was kicking and screaming to make yeah. it happen. It was almost like everybody got sort of forced in the end. Well, you'll um, find out. Yeah. We'll so find out. Continue. We'll find out. Okay. So I'll keep going here. So yeah, like Nova Scotia, they were like, hell no. Like we don't, we don't need you guys. Like we can take care of ourselves. Like we want, we want to have, uh, we want to run the show here. Like we don't need you. Right. And they're getting kind of uppity. So like the Brits were like, okay, we got to do something here. So anyway, there's all this stuff going on down in the States. So they knew that if they gave a federal, they gave them the, the right. Right. And again, they had to give it to them. Right. Because they had the, the allodial title, which is free and clear ownership of the land. Right. And that's an important word. We can throw the definition up later, but basically that's what it means. Is your allodial title means you're free and clear. You own the land 100% and you don't owe any like usury fees or fealty fees. Like it's free and clear. It's yours. So they didn't want to give them that because they knew that these people were already kind of pissed off with the Brits and it would be like, and then if Lincoln, right, they would, they would find out what happened with Britain, you know, going and messing with, uh, with the Americans and trying to, uh, push back on the Confederates down in the, down in the South there. Right. And they were sick. Cause there's also an alliance with, uh, I won't get too deep in it, but they, there was also the French were involved in that. They went down to Mexico and were helping them hit them from the South there. Cause they had a plan to divvy up the U S once they defeat, they were super arrogant. They thought they could beat, beat down the Americans and Lincoln. And then they were literally going to divvy up the U.S. between, I think it was France, uh, I think Spain was in there, Austria, I think was in there, or Switzerland, one of the two, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, Britain and French and the Spanish were all involved in that, right? And Lincoln kicked them, kicked their asses, man. It was amazing. But uh, they were all involved. They were going to split up the, the U.S. So uh, Britain knew that the colonists would... Uh, without a doubt they would have allied with the u.s and there's no way that the brits could have taken on both because they just got their ass beat by the u.s and then you're going to add canada, just pointing it out canada also um had some much more decent i think relations with some of the first nations people here at oh, that time. hell yeah yeah so there would have been allies that way and yeah. we have a boatload of resources right? oh, like man. a boatload like this would have they been didn't a even know in the aisle man they did not even know what was west of like Lake of the Woods? 
that was all like wild country, right? Like they had no idea. They had no idea. What, and we're going to, we'll touch on this when we go in there. Cause there is some crazy, the shenanigans really kick off after 1901 and they do some really crazy shit to like, try to try to try to keep it all going because they started to figure out that there was like crazy amounts of resources in the prairies and West. Right. But they didn't know about this now. Right. This was still um, Hudson Bay territory. Right. With the, uh, the Rupert's land, right? That was controlled by the Hudson Bay. So anyway, the- right, just pause one second. Sorry, I'm already, my mind's already blown. Okay. And I'll tell okay. you why. When you brought in the American element of the timing of when this took place and you put that in context, and I, yeah. I, I feel like I know more about that history than I know about my own country's history, which is really bad. Yeah, um, no, it's a key part. Up. It's but, a really key part. But here's it is so key. And though for my American friends listening, we're on the foxhole pilled. Shout out to everybody. Cool. What's up? Um, this is just kind of giving you some history too of what was going on with your neighbor to the north here, but also with this ruse that was taking place right from the beginning of the founding of America up to this point where now Canada's being founded. Both countries are trying to get away from the British rule. Yeah. America actually wins. Yeah. And then the British went through a strategy. If you get into like Eustace Mullins and uh, Dr. John Coleman and some of these guys, they'll tell you, Anthony Sutton, they'll tell you that all the Brits did was allow that to take place, not do a physical battle, but instead to infiltrate slowly through the sort of long march to the institutions over time. And so what's happening in America right now is actually a continuation of this exact battle you're talking about. And yeah. Canadians who are all just thinking, oh, we were just on the sidelines. We're just no. here playing hockey. We don't mean anything. No, no, no. No. Our relationships are intertwined and we yeah. are literally fighting for the same freedom. It's just yeah. that Canada took a different detour route. No, we got screwed. We're a more screwed because of our documentation. No, we got, we got straight up screwed. We'll get into that right away. Yeah. But I just want to finish with this because um, so – uh, Britain felt that it had to keep the provinces as a colony and make them pay the debt over the U.S., right? Because they're kind of, they're pretty much broke, right? Like Queen Victoria, like she can't afford to cough up, like I don't know exactly how much $15.5 million would be in 1871, but that's a huge chunk of cash, right? Like that's a boatload of money. Um, so... All of these things, Britain not wanting us to ally, right, is where, okay, they're getting squeezed, right, because they're threatening to annex, and they can't defend the Canadian border, right? So Lincoln's squeezing the queen, right? Like, he's got her by the short and curlies here, and he's threatening to annex them and just take it, right? And just say, like, screw everything. We'll just take it, right? If you're not going to pay us, we'll just take all this land. Um, so they're thinking, like, okay, well, what do we do? They want to, the, the Canadian colonies, right? They want to federate and create a federal government, become a sovereign country. We can't let that happen because we need them to pay this impending debt for blowing up these ships. So we can't let them federate. We can't let the U.S. annex them, right? So what are we going to do? Okay, we're going to gaslight them. This is what they do. This is the crown, right? So they needed to, to they needed because John A. Macdonald was one of the um, arc, one of the few main guys, from what I can tell, um, uh, that had drafted that Quebec resolutions, 
right? Like he, there's 72 resolutions. I think he put in like 50 or something, 52, 54, something like that. Like he had a big, big part in that. So, and he was, he was pushing for the creation of a federal government. Now you can't make a federal government unless you federate, right? Um, so do you think his intention was along with the other co colonists yeah. to actually create a separate, or do you think he was an agent working for the crown or do you think okay. they got him or something? Let me just, I'll just read this real, <laughs> real quick in my Canadian book of fuckery here. Um, so John A. McDonald, everybody thinks that this guy is like a saint, right? Like he was a hero. He's a founding father of Canada. Um, not so much. So let me just give you a little, a quick little, thing here. So uh, right up on him. So Johnny McDonald's political career was not as smooth as we're led to believe. So between, <laughs> between resignations, he had defeats in his political, this is political career, right? So he had resignations, he had defeats where he lost writing stuff. He had multiple railroad bribery scandals. He had uh, instances where his own party lost confidence in him. He had a lot of shady business deals, like, or not business, sorry, political deals. Um, he had direct involvement in the execution of Louis Riel. Um, and he was a uh, very well-known public drunk. And uh, he also was guilty of alienation of the colony. And he was also, this was still un, kind of, was still going on. There was a uh, Chinese head tax that was still unresolved in the colony, right? So he had all this stuff going on uh, in his in his career. So he wasn't exactly a saint to begin with, right? But um, he was pushing for federation, right? Uh, and probably wanted to sit somewhere at the top of it. Uh, but so he was in fact pushing for federation, right? Like he was instrumental in putting those, a lot of the, two thirds of the resolutions in the uh, Quebec resolutions. So this is where we go. This is why it's important to understand this because the, the Brits, because McDonald was spearheading this movement to create a federation and federal government, they had to buy him off to prevent the federation and keep it, the, the colonies under the, the guys of, of the Imperial British Parliament and the Queen, right? So this guy's shady, right? So they're thinking, okay, we can we could totally get this guy on board, right? Um, so in 60, oh, sometime in 66, I think, 67, uh, they get to him. But we'll go into what happened uh, when they go over there. So on... Sorry, so they've one, got just to jump in again, Zan. Sorry, I, I hate to keep interrupting. I know you just oh, want fine. To no, no, go. I got two points. Number one, okay. even if John A. McDonald's kind of a dick, I still am mad at all the radicals for tearing the statues down and doing all that shit because they're not smart enough to know all this stuff. No, they're just no, they're not. to destroy things, right? So I kind of shrugged my shoulders when I saw it, and I'm like, well, if people really knew what he did, and maybe wait until okay, I'm gonna go through what he did. Okay, okay, but, but before you go, before you go, I would say. We should still leave the statues up because it's well, part of history. We got to know the whole thing, right? So well, I know it's the statue. History, the statue is honoring him as being a founder of Confederation, and that's a fucking lie. Right. Okay. So I agree so there. I don't want that up there. I was glad they tore it down. 
all right. that stuff but, that was underneath it was a lie. I don't want that that dickhead. Sure. Sitting there going like, here, I found a cannon. It's like, no, he actually you didn't. You sold us out. He should be viewed, and I hope one day when the truth comes out, he will be viewed for what he was, which was a traitor to the people of Canada. I'll show you why. Right. When right. I okay, pause on that. Okay? Pause on that. That's fair point. I'm just saying that we know that at the same there's a lot of sticky points because as we're going through this history, we know there's an agenda in the Western civilization that has been enacted to tear Western civilization down and destroy the history and rebuild it because they're trying to build a super uh, government system that is global in nature and that erases any kind of identity, culture, or national sovereignty of any kind. Okay. So that, that's what I'm yeah. saying. The intention, oh, the intention behind the forces that were tearing all these things down and burning churches to the ground and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. they were doing it in the U.S., through Black Lives Matter and all of that, yeah. Antifa as well. Um, and I wish we could sit these people down at the table with some reason and say, <laughs> okay, you've actually got some legitimate gripes with some of these people, Yeah, but you need to see the bigger picture of why this is being pushed so much. I just want yeah. to make that one point, right? No, I get it. And I would, I would, I would argue that it's not organic to the West. This is the, the this agenda is being pushed from afar, right? right and there's, right. they're global. pushing the yeah, reason no, I'm saying they, West, yeah, the reason okay. I'm saying West, is yeah. because they've already pretty much wrapped it all up everywhere else. And the West is the West was sort of the last, especially America. When you think of America, and and Britain, like there's still a lot of people in in these nations that feel they're sovereign and don't want to go the globalist route, mm -hmm. and so they need to tear them down economically in order to build this new thing up out of the ashes. Well, they've got to destroy their old system. Right. right. So, and then they, replace and it with what they're doing and say, like, hey, you know, it's it's exactly. that it's that whole Hegelian dialect, right? Like right. we'll tear it down, we'll 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 cause the destruction, the collapse, and then we'll right. be like, hey, guess what? We got a solution. Right. And then people yeah. are like, Oh my god, you're our savior. And then they push the solution, which is you know, the digital ID, all that crap, right? Right, right. So, and that's what I wanted to just, yeah. I just wanted to make that clear point. Yeah, that there's a bit of a so because I'm with you. If this guy turns out to have been a major traitor to the to he ended up siding with the british yeah however that happened black male, however they do it and started <laughs> canada uh spearheaded the movement to actually kick canada off the course that the other colonists and original patriots were trying to set canada on which was federation yeah. oh yeah so he yeah. was ended up being a two-faced traitor yeah he trade he sold us out um so basically uh i guess he they they basically bribed him with what was it? What they gave him? Okay, yeah, I'll just tell you what, what they gave him. They gave him, they knighted him, number one. So he became sir, right? Uh, okay. Right? So, wait, so do that, you know what knighting he got? I'm really curious about. I, I can't remember. I didn't look into that. I just I was digging on this. I was like, oh, what? I can't remember. Because that's he what they do. They put them in these chivalric orders, and then they're in the they're in the they're in the hierarchy right away. Oh yeah. Once you get knighted, like you're in, like that big club, right? That's you're right. in. So he got knighted, becoming Sir John A. Macdonald. Uh, he was introduced to a titled wife, a woman that he ended up marrying, right? So he's got a titled wife now. Um, that was uh, Mr. What was it, Bernard? Uh, he was, a, I can't remember exactly his position, but he was British and he was like an elitist over there. And they introduced the two, right? So he got a titled wife and they gave him. Two thousand pounds per year for life. 
to sell out the colonists and dupe them into thinking they were getting a federation, right? But really they weren't. So, um, cause he was, he was supposed to go over. He was supposed to be one of the main delegates that went over from, uh, Nova Scotia. They were leaving to go over to London to present the, uh, the documents, the Quebec resolutions and the Kingdom of Canada bill that, that morphed, like I said, into the BNA Act. And uh, they were going to take that over in 1866, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 1866. So they were going, so July 30th, um, the delegation that it was made up of about, oh, I think it was a half a dozen guys or so, um, they left to present the Quebec resolutions to the British Commons, right? So McDonald wrote uh, Mr. Tilly, who was one, who was the Nova Scotian. Uh, he was one of the guys who was begging them, like, "Get us out! Like, we want out of this!" Right? Uh, he was the chairman of that delegation. On the eve of the departure, John A. McDonald gave him a, a written letter, right, warning him, and I'll quote this. On no account change any of the provisions of the resolutions that was in there, right? Um, for like the, the Quebec resolutions, because um, those were you're talking about um, articles of confederation, right? Because the articles of confederation list what you're doing, right? Like, what are we doing here, right? Um, who's amalgamating? Who's getting the power? Like all that stuff, right? Like uh, how are we doing this? What are the board, right? All this stuff. Like what, what are we doing, right? The reason for and the purpose of this union, right? So he says, uh, do not change any of the provisions of the resolutions for if you do, it may mean an entire reopening of the negotiations with the provinces or the colonies, right? And the consequent disruption of our plans. Whose plans? What are you talking about there, Johnny boy? Yeah. What are you talking about? Right? So that's that was a letter that he gave the chairman, Tilly, before they left to go to London. So you start thinking like, okay, wait a minute. What is he talking about? Right? Like, what plants? Like, the whole thing was from 64, around that time, they've been working on this for like a while, right? These Quebec resolutions and stuff to get the Federation going. So... But he tells them that he had, there's like some skirmishes going on down on the Canadian border. And Johnny, Johnny A's like, I can't go with you guys. I've got to take care of this stuff. Right now, there's some evidence that that wasn't necessarily true, that there was some other, some type of a land deal that was going on or something. I don't know um, exactly what was going on there, but he bailed on them. Right. And this is like one of the architects right, of this whole push for federation, right? And all of a sudden, at the last minute, like the night before, he gives them this note and says, sorry, guys, I can't join you. I'll catch up with you in a bit. So these guys go over there, and they spend four months basically trying to get the the commons over there to uh, accept the Quebec resolutions. Like they try and they fail, they try and they fail, they keep going back. And they're sitting there and it takes four months. Johnny A is not there yet. He's still kicking back and I don't know, I guess he was doing some shady shit back in Canada somewhere. Um, So they're waiting for him, right? Like this guy's supposed to be like the guy, right? Their main guy who's connected to, right? And 
Like, what's what's taking so long? So they're, they've been unsuccessful in their several attempts for four months to get these resolutions in front of the commons, and they're waiting for them to arrive. So they're, they're kicking back, they're chilling out, and they're like, what the hell is going on here? So they kind of they kind of give they they give it to them right and the documents and they they head back and they think like okay this is this is gonna this is gonna get passed right eventually they'll 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 adopt this right so that's kind of like the 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 stuff that was going on leading up to that right so they're thinking the colonists are thinking okay they're eventually they'll get this this push through right and and we'll get what we want right because i mean there's about four million people living in the, the the colonies all told, right? Like that's a lot of people, right? So this is what well let, let why don't you pull up uh the BNA Act from 1867. Go throw that and we're gonna start diving into this. Cause I want to I want to show people how they snowed the uh the colonists here because this is nuts. <laughs> what they 1967? did 1867 1867 yeah go pull that one up and uh we'll get going we'll get going on this and we'll start showing people some of the actual proof that this is what they did and uh right, here we oh, go shoot. from the official government of canada website the yeah. british north america act of 1867 yeah uh one thing i will say about this document is there is not the original is housed in the UK really? because it's their property. The we don't have, we don't have the original in Canada. That's over in Britain. Don't you usually, when you make an agreement, both people get a copy of it, signed, sealed and all that. Yeah. Yeah. But we, what we got wasn't an agreement. That's mm -hmm. the point. Okay. So, um, yeah, where is it here? Have you got it up here? I gotta go screenshot here. Oh, I'll pull it up on my my side here. I oh, can okay. look at it. Yeah, you might I got a tablet here, so I can I can look it up myself instead of okay. doing the screen share thing here. Uh so if you want to go, so the very first part, the very first thing you gotta learn about the documents is that there's a preamble, usually, right? Yeah. And the preamble sets out uh the reason for and the purpose of the document. It's typically on the first page of the uh of the document it's like the title page right so they're just calling it the preliminary one is preliminary two is union or do you mean the actual just description of it at the time no, no, no hang on yeah just 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 so people know like when uh documents like these you will the very first page is usually sets out the reason for it so this is the first page that the colonists had on the document it's not on here because it got pulled after the canadian legislation right um in ottawa there after they had run it through a couple of readings to make sure that they had it all organized and they had what they wanted in there right so the very first page which isn't present on this document because after it left with the delegates to go over to Britain, they pulled that page off and they substituted really? another preamble in there. And that's how they stowed the, the colonists. So the original cover, uh, the first page on it, 
is titled, uh, it says, British North American Act, enacted by Her Most Gracious Majesty Queen Victoria and the Imperial Parliament. I'm just reading, this is on another thing here, sure. um, that they pulled off. It's not on You're, so that. you're reading from the original, the one that's Yeah, this Britain. is the one that they thought was going to go through the commons that okay. would have given them a federal government, okay? So um, it says, this is the key part. By reason of the request of the colonies for federal government, it is expedient, therefore, that they have laws and regulations to guide them, right? So they, in the Quebec resolutions, they had all this stuff, right? All these resolutions of how they're going to do this. And then that's the title page. So that first page is called preamble and it sets out the intentions, motives, the reason for the purpose of, and that's pretty simple, right? It says right there on the cover, right? By reason and request of the colonies for federal government. So you can't have a federal government if you don't federate, right? Because it's not, it's the, it's the, it's the federal government. So they're going to take all the election election elected people right and it's going to rule not rule but it's going to be the people are going to send their their representatives there right and away you go so that's what they thought they were they were getting right that went through the canadians all thought okay this is this is good we're, we're going to get our federation they've just got to convince the brits to let this go through right but the brits knew right because you got all that other stuff going on right um, that that they couldn't let that happen, but they couldn't tell the colonists that, right? Because then they might have just said, "Well, you know, if you're not going to allow us peacefully, we'll just we'll just do what the states did and say, fuck you, we'll we'll just shoot y'all, right?" Because yeah. a lot of them wanted out, right, from underneath the colonies. They were like, "We can take care of ourselves. Like this is stupid. Why are we why are we playing around with you guys? You're stealing all our money. You're saying we can't do this, we can't do that, right? We have to go through you." It's like. You're growing adult and you're living at home and your parents are still trying to t tell you how to live, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of what it was like. And they were like, screw this. Like, we can do this. And if you're not going to let us, well, maybe we'll just have to do what the states did, right? Because the states had to shoot their way out, right? Um, so that was the first page that they thought that was going over there. So with the Brits, though, they couldn't let that happen, right? Because they needed the colonists to pay for the debt incurred for blowing up all the ships, right? So what they got, and this is where you go to. So on the first page there um, of the British North America, 1867, right at the top where it says, whereas the provinces of Canada, where is it here? Yeah, okay, right there. Yeah. yeah. So whereas the provinces of Canada, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick have expressed their desire to be federally united, right? Into This is where they screw us. One dominion under the crown of the United Kingdom and Great Britain and Ireland with a constitution similar in principle to that of the UK. Okay? Oh my God. Now, hang on. This is super important. Keep the word dominion in the front of your head here. So we don't have to read the whole thing here. Like, again, people should go and read this stuff because you got to know what they did. I'm just going to help kind of highlight this stuff here. So... That's the, that's the preamble that the colonists got, not the one that I said for the federal government, right? That would lay out how they would get to that, that stage, right? So dominion under the crown. Keep that word dominion. So if you scroll down a little further, when you go, oh, we won't have to touch that. So, okay, go to, in the preliminary here, go down to uh, number three. In the union, right there. Union. Stop right okay. there. Number yeah. three. This is suit. This, this here is the first 
part of two parts that's going to show that we didn't confederate. There was no federation and there was no federal government. Okay, so I'll just read it here. So it should be lawful for the Queen, by and with the advice of Her Majesty's most honourable Privy Council, to declare by proclamation that on and after a day therein appointed, not being more than six months after the passing of this Act, the provinces of Canada, I know that Canada was Ontario and Quebec. They were still considered the province of Canada. So that's what they're talking about there. So Canada, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick, this is key right here, shall form and be one dominion under the name of Canada. Okay? And on and after that day, those three provinces shall form and be one dominion under that name accordingly. So keep that in mind. They're, the dominion of Canada is what, the, what they're being called. They're, they're joining. Okay? These three provinces are now being unified into one dominion, right? Mm -hmm. So you go to like five, the number five underneath there. It says Canada shall be divided into four provinces named Ontario, Quebec, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, right? So that lays that out. That's pretty simple, right? Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll be jumping back and forth here. So when we look at this, this part here, if you go down to the uh, next one, executive power, look at what it says at number nine. The executive government and authority of and over Canada is hereby declared to continue and be vested in the queen. Oh, she has all the power. Okay. Then underneath that, we have a governor. Was it a governor general, the privy yep. council? It's all just. Hang on. Well, I'll explain that. Governor. I'll explain that to you in a sec. So underneath that, in, in number 10, it says the provisions of this act referring to the governor general extend and apply to the governor general for the time being of Canada or other, the chief executive officer or administrator for the time being carrying on the government of Canada on behalf and in the name of the queen by whatever title he designates. So what that is saying is that the governor general is the representative of the queen and her imperial parliament mm. over here in Canada. It's right there. Black yeah, it's right and there. White. Holy smokes. Okay. So this is just the tip though, but this, this gets nutty, <laughs> this man. This is a pretty vicious go. tip, man. Oh, dude, this is crazy. It's so nuts. It's so nuts. When you see, when we get, you're going to be absolutely blown away. I have to tip my hat to the God, to the people, whoever they are, that have kept this hidden for so long. Yeah, no like, as evil as they are, and you'll find out that they're, 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 they are. And the justification for doing this is such a shitty justification. It's the same old thing. It's money, power, and control. And I'll explain how they, how they do it and why they did it. But so then in 11, it says there shall be a council to aid and advise in the government of Canada. So remember, the government of Canada is the governor general. Okay. Only him. It's a dictatorship that they created. So on paper, he's that whoever that governor general is, that is the yep. government. Yep. One guy. And nobody gets to elect this person. That's appointed nope. by the queen. Yep. Jeez. Yep. They sit him because the queen has executive power. So when the governor general, um, like if he's incapacitated or he dies, she just picks somebody else and says, okay, you're a governor general. Go. Right. 
So it's a dictatorship. That's what they created with this, this document. So underneath in 11, it says there shall be a council to aid and advise in the government of Canada, which is the governor general, to be styled by the Queen's Privy Council for Canada. And the persons who are to be members of that council shall be from time to time chosen and summoned by the governor general. So he picks these people, right, to be his aid and advisors. Um, and sworn in as privy councillors and members thereof may be from time to time removed by who? The governor general. So he gets to pick who is going to aid and advise him in running this dominion. So these people are like basically the only people that are elected into this government are the very lowest ministers on the bottom, right? So this, this government that they're creating is basically half elected and half appointed, but they're all there. So the Privy Council, the Prime Minister, which at the at this time in '67 is uh, John A. Macdonald, right? There's a little another sweetener he got, right? Um, and the the ministers there, everybody, the lieutenant governors that are dispatched to the legislation, uh, the legislatures in the provinces. And then everybody under that, they're all there solely to aid and advise the general governor. So the, he can listen to him if he wants to, but he doesn't have to. He rules on his own. It's a dictatorship. And it says it right there under the executive power, right? And it goes it's into like, another you know what it is for me, Zan. You know what it is for me is like, I know what the British Empire did. I know all about that stuff, but I always learned about it. I knew Canada was just another vassal state of the crown. We yeah. even jokingly say it, yeah. but yet you do live under this illusion of like, oh, well, yeah, but we still, even though the queen is there, she's just kind of like decoration and we are still sovereign from the British crown. Like we still can make our own big boy decisions over here in Canada, but- yeah. Here we go. And didn't yeah. the pandemic show us yeah. exactly what you're talking about? Well, the pandemic showed, yeah, it's it, it exposed a lot. But we, when we go through this history, here, we'll keep pounding through this thing. Sure. Um, yeah, but going. I just wanted to show that part because that shows who the power was invested in over here. So basically, the governor general is just a rep for the queen. Right. As we know, if you look, look into that, but what the BNA Act actually did too, was it created a corporate corporation soul. So if you want, I say, I think I sent you that, that slide there. If you want to throw that up there, um, just to oh, show where, people, where'd you send it? Uh, I emailed it to you last night. Oh, in those images right, right, there. Right. Okay. Uh, keep going. I'm going to have to pull that one up. Hold on. Okay. So, uh, basically that's what the, the British North American act created was a corporation soul and when you throw that up there uh we'll go through it so a corporation soul is a public office created usually by an act of parliament or ecclesiastical office usually the owner of church land but in this case it was an act of parliament right the british parliament did it because they had the executive power from the queen right uh with the queen so it's a public office that has a separate and continuing legal existence and only one member, that's the governor general in this case, the sole office holder. It's a contract made 
with a, cor a contract made with a corporation's soul continues from one office holder to his or her successor, or if made during a vacancy in office, to the appointee. So it's an office that runs in continuum as long as uh, as long as long as it's not formally uh, destroyed, uh, destroyed or the, or the agreement is like the act is, is nullified. Right. So the governor general sits there. So the next slide you got to pick up. So that's what the, that's what the BNA act created in 67. Yeah, there you go. So let me just read this out for you. Yeah. So this is uh, just a definition, right? Yeah. Public office created usually by an act of parliament or ecclesiastical office, usually the owner of church land, Yep. that has a separate and continuing legal existence and only one member, the sole office holder. Contract That's, made yeah. with a corporation's sole continues from one office holder to his or her successor or if made during a vacancy in office to the appointee. Yeah. So that's what the British North American Act created unbeknownst to the colonists. They thought they were getting a federal government. So I can't even imagine how pissed <laughs> those those guys were when they figured out what what had happened so oh, the governor general gets sat and the thing is though he has to have they have to give him uh letters patent so if you have that slide throw that up because i don't know how many people actually know what that is right i had to look that up um so this came from uh a law dictionary um i think it was law dictionary but anyway um give me a sec to throw that up there so he needs to have it's called letters patent yep i'm just gonna try to find it here Keep it going. should be right close to the top i tried to put them in order for you yeah should yeah, be... it. and sometimes yeah. it opens let me go back to the go. beginning here it's all it's funky okay. i didn't label them though i probably should have done it i'll put it into a nice little slideshow for people yeah, okay if you want. Uh, um okay sorry wait a, wait a second letters patent so he needs letters patent because what they do is they give him the authority to rule, basically, right? And it has to come from the uh, the the. Uh, it's a legal. It's a letters patent. It's it's a type of legal legal instrument in the form of a published written order issued by a governing power, such as a king or queen, a president, head of state or corporation that gives a patentee an exclusive right or privilege. So they create this office forum, right? The corporation's soul. And then the, the Queen Victoria gives him letters patent that give him the exclusive right to govern over the Dominion of Canada. Hmm. You follow? I'm not, I'm not finding it for some reason. I'm looking through them here unless there's another. Okay. Maybe I, I, I can... I can I can pull it up real quick here too if you want. Sure, yeah. Um, I'll just uh, I'll quickly go and look at this here. Uh, so Good we show. Yeah. So he uh, he gets these letters patent from the queen, and uh, it gives him the authority to uh, to govern, right? Single handedly, he's the only guy that has any authority over here, right? Everybody else is uh under his is basically there just to aid and advise him that's it right so it's not that's what, when you think about that term prime minister it's a it, the question is who is the prime minister ministering on behalf of 
Are they ministering on behalf of the people of Canada or are they ministering on behalf of the superiors above them, which would be governor general all the way up to the crown? Well, you see, the prime minister at that time, he was the only minister that would get to talk to the governor general. Right? Like you had all the other ministers in the the house, right? At the time. But he was the only one that was allowed to go and talk to the governor general. Right? So that's why they called him the prime minister, right? He's the prime guy that gets to go do this. Oh, shoot. Be a boss. Yeah, pretty much. Running up the juice on everybody. Yeah, exactly. So like they would debate stuff, right? And Or they would find out like, okay, well... You know, like, what are the people saying here, right? Because they had, like, the elected guys were on the bottom, right, of the of the hierarchy there in that, in that, in that system. So they would uh, they, they'd debate stuff and throw it around. And then the prime minister would take that news to the uh, governor general and would say, hey, look, like, this is kind of the vibe going on. Holy smokes, I can't even see anything here. Anyway, um it's a, it's not a big deal. We can people can look that up if they yeah, want. We to. Can, we've kind of explained. I've never even heard of this letters patent. I'm going to look into it. But guys, we're gonna like I said before, we're gonna put all of this uh, together for you, so you have the sources and you can go read it and look at it and you know come to your own conclusions. But man, I am just riveted right now by this. This is uh, yeah, it's good stuff, man. I'm just trying to find this letters patent because I had no idea what the hell they were talking about when I, when I heard letters patent, I was like, what the hell yeah, are they I've talking about? So I had to go and dig that up and man, why can't I find this? Okay. Anyway, so he, yeah, so they get letters patent. Oh wait, here it is. This is it. Let me see if this is it. Yeah, there it is. Okay. I got it. Do, do your screen share. I can pull it I up. Will, I will. I'm just going to get out of here. Come on, get on here. Incoming. Let me get a sec here. Um, yeah, there we go. Okay. There we go. Okay. Click back to the document and then, yeah, there it is. Okay. All right. You got it? We're up. Go ahead. Yeah. So, letters patent is a type of legal instrument in the form of a published written order issued by a power, governing power. So, that's the Queen, Victoria. And it gives that patentee, which is the governor general, an exclusive right or privilege. So one of the other maxims of law is uh, when you hear includes or exclusive, that means only one, right? Or like in the t exclusive is only one, right? And whatever's list, right? And then with includes, that means um, the exclusion of all others. So when you see that in these documents, when it says includes, um, whatever is listed after that is all that's included. Anything that's not mentioned after that isn't included. So we'll come around to that when we get into the 1980s. The, that'll come into play uh, big time because... The government of Canada in uh, 1985 put out an Interpretations Act where they define Canada. And when you look at that, you'll be like, what the fuck are they talking about, right? And then you'll think to yourself, like, holy shit, like, it's just mind-blowing what they, what they did. So Okay, so here's what I'm going to do for you, Zen. I'm going to extend, I can extend the show an extra 15 minutes. That would be okay. my ultimate wedge. So that gives yeah. you exactly six, exactly one yeah. hour. Yeah. So I'm so just going to shut up. This. 
and you just yeah. direct me and just go for it. Okay, here we go. Okay, so we saw that they created the Dominion, right? The Dominion of Canada. So go to the 1889 Interpretations Act and pull that up. And so Interpretations Act are basically documents that they would put out where they like, they, they alter, um, no, not that one. No, the oh, document from the timeline. Because I didn't send you this. Go to the- They're uh, not in order, so I'm going to have to just quickly breeze through some- No, 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 go to, uh, yeah, go through- Go to the, the Myth is Canada site and pull up the document. Oh, it's better on the site? Okay. Yeah, it's better on the site. I didn't send you that stuff because I, I figured you could pull it up. Yeah, <laughs> the Canadian Confederation, that's funny. Um, yeah, I, I was like, let me just pull up what the government says about their Oh, no, it's here. hilarious. But that's why I don't want to show people the actual documents because is uh, it go right to the source. Sorry, bro. Is it it's, .ca? Uh, it's both. Okay. I think you can use both. So myth, myth of Canada. Hold on. Yeah. That's not the right. myth is. Oh, the myth is Canada. Yeah. I should have sent you the snippet that I had. I could probably screen share it if you wanted. That's okay. make that. well, I want people to go check out the site too, because it's good. They have all the resources. Oh, there. dude. I give my hat tip to Doug force who put Do that. You know who did this site? Yes. It's Doug force. Doug. He's Forrest. got lots of videos up. Okay. And he's the guy, he spent decades researching this and going to the legislatures around Canada and going to the parliamentary uh, library in Ottawa. He's gone over to like, like he's, he's the guy that put all this together. So my hat to, uh, he's my mentor in this. I use this site. I've listened to him talk about uh, what actually happened so you can get the context around like why this happened the way it did and the kind of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes and stuff. So this is Doug Forrest. You should, have, you should totally have him on here. He'll blow you away. You know, we, you know what we could do? Because we're going to have to do a few on this. I want to oh, bring yeah. you back. Why yeah. don't you come back with him? We could. I've never talked to him. set that up. But I've okay. just, I found him in, I think it was around 2012. I found him. He was on uh, Richard Sirrett's show. Okay. Uh, talking about the myths is Canada. It's the first time I heard it. And like, I'd always known that something wasn't right about Canada and like it's, it's inception. It just didn't jive right because we had the States next to us. Right. And we saw how that all played out and they've got their constitution and like, they won't shut up about that beautiful document and rightly so it's beautiful. It's probably one of the most beautiful, elegant uh, documents that's ever been written in law. It's, it's like in constitutional law, it's, it's, Unbelievable the intelligence that they though their founding fathers had and the foresight that they had to know how the enemies of America might try to circumvent it, right? Like they plugged right. so many holes with that thing. It's brilliant. I love it. And I want us to have that, which is why I dug into this because I'm like, well, what do we have? Right. Right? What exactly do we have? And if we don't have that, how do we get it? Right. So yeah, go to right now, bro. I I would rather be a part of the United States or a separate entity of our own that's similar than be absorbed well, till, into this globalist UN crap. Well, wait till you find out. We'll find out what we actually are and who's got yeah. the power. That's the okay, beauty. So we're on the just so people know, you're on this site. Yeah, the myth is Canada.com. Go to the timeline. And yeah. that is where the documents are all listed. Yeah. This is incredible. all this blue writing. You click that, it'll take you to a PDF download. 
of the actual document digitized. So some of them are like the original documents and they're just like photocopies of them that have been uploaded. And some of them are like write-ups from different websites and stuff, but it's all there. So and which one are we looking at? 1889. Keep going up a little bit. Uh, 1889 Interpretations Act. Right here. Yeah. Click on that. I've got it up on my tab here, so you don't have to. So this, this here, this document in it blows the story of confederation out of the water. It blows the idea that we became a sovereign nation out of the water and that the BNA Act was our first constitution. The BNA Act is not our first constitution because it doesn't constitute anything. That's the first thing. And two, there's no um, articles of confederation. If you go to the Canadian government's own website and you, you put into the search engine at the top, right, of that website, if you do that, yeah, go do it right now. This is, this is fun. I, I tried this. I don't know what they've got on there now. So yeah, go to the Canada.ca, go there, go to the home, go to the search, type in articles of confederation and watch what comes up. You'd think it would be the documents if they exist, right? What do we got? Do you we see articles? Something from the Canada. They're all from the Canadian Revenue Agency. What's going on? CRA, International Social Security Agreement Forms. Yeah. Holy shit. Where? Certificate of coverage. We have like pension plan coverage. Yep. What? If you put it, put it in brackets so that it's like in like the little quotes. So it's like all one. So they don't break up the articles and confederation. Right. Try that. Right? Do that and watch what comes up. Like these are really important documents. What do you got? Pension plan shit. Yeah. What the hell? Where is it? What the hell? If we confederated, you like if you look at the states, you go on the internet, you type in articles of confederation, you immediately get the American. Right? Because you had the 13 colonies, right? They were all sovereign nations right so they passed constitutions right to seat the jour lawful government right see it pops right up Boom. 1777 the articles of confederation were adopted by the continental congress wow yeah. okay so that's this what it is does america yeah this is canada we're talking about pensions yeah. and shit over yeah. here because they don't the exist hell? look see bankruptcy and insolvency Commemorating, commemorating the dedication of Parliament's center block. Like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. There's stuff on Switzerland. There's yeah. the BIS connection, eh? The Bank of yeah. International Settlements. Yeah. And all that shit. Oh, they got their beats oh. and everything, right? Oh, they've got yeah. their hands and everything. Yeah. Wow. RCAF, right? Unveils the Canada 150 coin, right? Like, if we oh, confederated, you have to have Articles of Confederation because it lays out what is going on, who's joining. What, how is the power divvied up, right? Like the borders, like all this stuff, right? So let's come back. Is this this document here blows and, and that whole? Pause, then, pause. I just want to add one more point to this because my this is all happening for me in real time here. Um, I, I kind of intuitively knew some of this, but seeing it is believing it, bro. Yeah. Um, so when I was doing some digging to try to find the devil's advocate arguments, 
I came up with, I have seven slides and out of those seven slides, they're just art websites that write about the articles yep. of confederation. They there, yep. I could not find for the life of me anything. And I actually, can I they show you something wait. really quick here that uh, just to get it out of the way, I did have a slide to show you that as I'm trying this. So guys, this is me digging to try to see if I can <laughs> counter any of this. Okay. So I go to like the most scholarly website you can find in Canada. Oh yeah. Right. Articles of Confederation written yeah. by Murray Lawson. Let yeah. me just read the opening sentence for y'all. To the student of Canadian American relations, an interesting problem is posed by the unexplained presence in the Articles of Confederations of a special provision for the adherence and admission of Canada, especially so because of the absence of a similar provision in the Constitution. So they're right out of the way. They're like highlighting some of the, they didn't get into it. No. Already I'm like, whoa, because I was, this was me trying to find the articles. You can't find yeah. them. No, because they don't exist. What the hell? Okay, let's go back. To okay, that. so this, th let's prove that using the British documents, okay? So yeah. we're on the Interpretations Act. So they'll, 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 governments will put these out to clarify stuff, right? Because in legal stuff, ambiguity is their enemy. They want it black and white. So yeah. they'll put... Like you can look look through the sections here, right? Like rules as to gender and number, right? And they'll put stuff where like meaning of certain words in acts since 1850, right? Meaning of county. So they'll put definitions of words. They'll put, they'll, they'll say like in future documents, um, this means this, or this is referring to this, right? So it's an interpretate interpreting the uh interpreting the the legal documents and the words and stuff that's in it. Now go to Section 18. Scroll way down. You're gonna have to go down a little bit. This is this is what blows people away. This is what it's gonna cause. I guarantee you, this is gonna cause some cognitive dissonance. Because every time I would post this on Twitter when before I got nuked uh in January of 2021 with the great purge, right? Um, every time I would throw this at politicians, they would block me. Didn't matter what party it was. Um, this is what causes more cognitive dissonance in Canadians. We got to get over this. Okay. Like we have to get past this. Like this is just yeah. facts. Okay. Like screw your feelings. Feeling, I'll be honest. I was feeling a bit of cognitive dissonance when we were talking. I was like, what? Right? I know. I think you were thinking that I was talking about how to get yourself out of the legal fictions that are created by your name being in all caps on legal right. documents. And, and I is was, that what you're talking about here? You know what it is? Because I think there's something to that too. It's just that oh, no, I've seen too many people that I know are in jail right now because yeah. they tried that shit in the court and it didn't work. Yeah. And I just didn't yeah. want to give bad advice. To no, no, no. That's not what I was talking about. I think maybe I, that's yeah, what you, you were thinking, but no, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. here we go. So section 18, uh, in this act and in every act passed after the commencement of this act. So this is 1889. Okay. Right. Um, the following expressions shall, unless contrary intention appears, have the meanings hereby respectively assigned to them, namely. Number one, the expression British Island shall mean the United Kingdom, the Channel Islands, and the Isle of Man. Okay, fair enough. Now, here we go. Before I read this, Canada at this time, because you got to remember there's other dominions, right? There's other... British possessions. You got Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, you got the Irish Islands, 
right? right? Yeah. So you have to be really clear about who they're talking to. Now, the only Dominion that had a local and central legislature was Canada out of the British possessions. Hmm. Okay. So you have the central legislature, which is where the governor general is sitting, right? Um, in Ottawa. And then you have the local ledges, right? That we still have today. They're like the capital where, where the provincial governments sit now, right? So back in that time though, Canada was the only dominion. So when you see, uh, them talking about the dominions here. So we'll read number two, the expression British possession shall mean any part of Her Majesty's dominions exclusive of the United Kingdom. So that's outside of the UK, right? And where parts of such dominions are under both a central and local legislature, that's only Canada, all parts under the central legislature, the governor general, right? shall for the purposes of this definition be deemed to be one British possession, not a sovereign country. Wow. Again, and further, here we go. Look at this. This is the, this is the kicker. Number three, the expression colony shall mean any part of Her Majesty's dominions exclusive of the British islands and of British India. So not those two. And where parts of such dominions are under both a central and local legislature, that's only Canada, all parts under the central legislature shall, for the purposes of this definition, be deemed to be one colony, not a sovereign country. So basically meaning we are part of a, a colony. One colony under the yep. dominion with all of the British Isles. No, outside. Because we're the only one, because it says exclusive of the British islands. That means okay. not including the British islands. They're excluding them from this definition. Mm. So when it says, remember at the beginning of the BNA Act, where I said that this is the preamble that they snuck in there to screw over the federal federalists, right? Right, right. At the beginning of the British North American Act, and it says the desire, right, to... Uh, I can't remember what the exact definition was, but they said that in the Declaration of Union, that's the part that you have to look at. They, they say they're going to take the previously independent colonies that were the provinces, right? Canada, which was Quebec and Ontario, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. They shall form and be one dominion under the title Canada. This document right here, number three, defines a dominion having a central and local legislature as a colony. Kaboom. Let the cognitive dissonance begin. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the proof right there. That's not my opinion. Yeah. That's what the British Imperial Parliament defined a dominion having a central and local legislature as. It's a British possession a colony. So when we were jokingly saying, oh yeah, Canada is just a British colony, that wasn't a joke. No, that was, that was real. So from 1867, instead of getting the federal, the federation and the federal government that they wanted, they ended up getting a united colony. 
Because remember what I said about the whole all the shenanigans, they needed that the, these colonies to pay the debt incurred for blowing up the merchant ships in uh, Lincoln's army. Right? They blew them up, and Lincoln was threatening, "I'm going to take this land." Right? He was going to annex it, and Queen Victoria was like, "God, uh, no!" Because we're if if we we're going to eventually end up needing to pay you know, this indemnity, right, for blowing up all these ships. We need these colonies to help pay for it because the, the monarchy was pretty much broke at that time, right, because they're stretched. They had a, Australia, New Zealand. They're trying to defend South Africa, right? They've got all these colonies, right? they got to pay them, right, and defend them. So they needed Canada to pay that debt. So, but they knew that they, they wouldn't, if they said no, just straight out like, no, we're not going to allow you to federate then they probably would have had a war. And guess who probably would have sided with the colonies? You think Lincoln would have been sympathetic after just kicking the shit out of the U.S. or out of the Britain in the Confederate in the Confederate War? I'm pretty sure that the U.S. would have said, "Like, hey, if you guys need anything, give us a shout." Right? Mm. So. Yeah. They needed to keep that, that under their thumb, and that's how they did it. Because when you read the beginning of the British North American Act, the preamble that the Federalists thought that they were getting, right, the one where that, that page that they removed, they, uh, they said, oh, I could throw that up there. Um, where is it here? I'll just throw it up so people can actually see this. Because oh, oh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I, got, okay. I, just, I forgot that I had this all hooked up here, and I'm all new to this. I'm kind of a dinosaur. Great, by the way, this is all just, of this. Yeah, we awesome. we'll probably have to do another one because there's a whole lot of shit to go through here, man. Um, you're welcome back anytime, dude. You're blowing my mind. Okay, you're confirming my intuitions, and you're making more sense than any of the other people I've heard get into this kind of stuff. They yeah. usually lose me. Okay, here but it is. You're you see very this? Straight up here. Here we go. You got it. Yeah, you're good to go. Okay, so that's the page that if had been included when the Imperial Parliament in Britain passed the BNA Act, if this page had still been attached to that document, we would have got our federal government and we would have been a sovereign country. And but just they to took point it out, obviously this isn't an old script of any kind. This is a copy. Well, that. yeah. Yeah. Because there's because is... the original is in Brit is in England. Well, yeah, except that this page isn't because they threw it out. Oh, they, so how do how did they find this? How do we know this for sure? How do we validate this? Um, that's a good question. You, you could ask Doug because he's the guy that put he all this put together. together, and so he's been rummaging around, you know, the the archives and stuff, man. Like he's okay. a really interesting dude to talk to, um, to listen to. I've never talked to him. I'd love to meet him and shake his hand because we're gonna hook um, it up. We're yeah, yeah, we got to do that. Um, yeah. but this is the page right here that they that would have given us the federation and the federal government that, that we desired, right? But the Brits knowing, or the Queen knowing that if they gave it to them, right, then th there goes your piggy bank to pay for the damages, right? Mm -hmm. So they got rid of it. So this page was apparently on the, uh, the, the BNA Act when it was passing through the Canadian Parliament, right? This was on there. But after the first reading, all, apparently all the guys that needed to sign it signed off on it, 
right? And said, yep, I'm cool with this, right? And they signed their name onto individual copies of this, right? Because they took it to the printers and the printers fired off copies for all the members, right? All the parliamentarians there. And then they, they went through it, they read it, they debated it. And then they said, yeah, okay, this is good. I like it, right? And they all signed their copy. So then it went for a second reading, but there was no copies made for the second reading. But they just kind of hammered it through. And then when the delegates left to go over to Britain to present it to the, con the, the imperial parliament over there, um, they, the Brits got rid of that page and instead gave them the, uh, the page the, the, where at the beginning of the British North American Act, that document where it says, whereas, right, at the, at the beginning of that, that's the, the preamble that formed the dominion that we now know is a united colony, not a sovereign country. So whenever you see from now on and you go to like the Canadian Encyclopedia or you go to the Government of Canada website or you go to any other, um, like even the Britannica, right? Any of these things that are anywhere on the internet and you see and you type in Canadian Confederation, they're going to talk about the British North American Act being a constitution, right? And creating the sovereign country of Canada, right? And the federal government. That's all bullshit. And I just showed you that it's bullshit. Yep. Because they knew they couldn't. These guys. It doesn't they get any worse that, than this. No, right they the knew they couldn't. They knew that they couldn't do this with the, the colonists being aware that they were doing this, right? Because it, I don't know, I can't, I, I wasn't there, but I imagine that if they had done this openly, that it probably would have sparked a war, right? And would have altered the whole course of history, right? Because I'm sure well, okay, that would have Here's my question it. then. Because and I'm seeing it in the chat as well. Okay, we're all thinking about this. How the fuck did they keep this under wrap? We're looking at it right now. How do they keep this shit under wraps for hundreds of years now? I know that's the, that's why I said earlier. Like I tip my cap to whoever it is that kept this under wraps. And as we go through this, you'll see um, that the shenanigans are just off the charts. This is nuts when you go through this. And the, for me, sitting here all these years, as I've undid this with the help of like Doug Force and other guys um, that he's, he uh, does podcasts with and they do roundtables and stuff, man. Um, but uh, they uh, like, I'm, a, I'm utterly stunned. Now you have to understand though, that everybody that goes into the political realm up here, right? Um, these people are not necessarily the most honest people, right? So, I mean, like you're giving them, title you're giving them a fairly large salary you get to hobnob right with the with uh you know the rich folk right and you get to live a really privileged existence right and the other thing too is you got to remember who we're dealing with here we're dealing with the british crown like they're not they're not adverse to whacking people who go against them like these are some evil evil fuckers man right I mean, like you look, they whacked Princess Diana. Yeah. Right? Like, why'd they do that? Because she knew too much and they were worried she was going to start talking. Right. And you have to understand that um, I think uh, I've heard people that, that were close to Trump talk about this too. Like, remember when Trump walked in front of the Queen when he went over there? Yeah. Okay. That was, that was huge. Fun to watch. 
that was a symbolic gesture saying that um I've got the I've got this monarchy by the balls. Like that was a huge thing. You did not walk in front. You go watch prime ministers from all over the place. They always walk behind her. Right. And, and just to say something about this too, Zen, I don't know how deep you've gone into the occult side of the British Royals and that whole thing. Oh dude. Um, but these people <laughs> yeah. are literally the most ritualistic people that exist. Yeah. Yep. Um, the, the queen has, I should bring Tessarian on about this because he could go, cause he's from Ireland. Okay. Oh, cool. He, he, he was born a conspiracy theorist as watching the orange group, all the, the stuff going on in uh, Ireland yeah. and then yeah. came over to America and when, oh, it's happening here too. And I'll bet you if he's watching this, he'll be like, yep, you're 100%. These people are the most yeah. ritualistic people yeah. you can imagine. They are part of deep ancient cults that go all the way back. They've got this uh, imperial expansion, colonization number down pat. Yeah, they know what they're and, doing. And uh, we're not even just dealing with who we think we're dealing with. These, Even if you're seeing them on on in the front, they're still at a certain ranking order. Yep. Um, you know about the city of London, the square mile oh, of London, dude. and the queen has to yep. ask permission of the bankers yep. and all that. That's a country yeah, unto itself. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, the city of London is a country unto itself, right? Like, they, they basically... Yeah, they sovereignty. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, yeah they, they're on sovereign territory. So, like, they, they, they do what they want. They're, they're sovereigns, and the definition of a sovereign is you are beholden to no one but God in law. It's the right? same as Vatican City, yeah. Yeah, it's all in sovereign territory. Like uh, Washington or the uh, Federal Reserve in the states is on sovereign land. They're Just not. They're in, they're exempt from the U.S. laws. The Federal right. Reserve Bank is on sovereign land. They do not answer to the U.S. government. And I got some American laws. patriots in here. Maybe they can chime in. But what uh, my understanding is. Is that, and everybody kind of has different dates of when they think this took over for America, but uh, a lot of people think it's the 1867 something Banking Act that initiated, uh, it created the private jurisdiction of Washington, D.C., yeah. which is the District of Columbia. Yeah. And Columbia, Kulum, is the original, it's the dove. That yeah. is one of the British hierarchy Masonic symbols to. Mm -hmm demarcate territory the, the yeah. Kulum, columbia yeah. pictures columbia broadcasting yeah. you know it's all there private. like there's a there's there's some anons that have done some awesome digs on that and um it's i i think what's going to happen down the road is that the white house is going to be moved um onto u.s soil because right now right, it's, not. it's not no it's not the 10 by 10 block of land yeah. is not part of the u.s so how can you have the president sitting on literally foreign land and then governing the U.S., right? Because he's a, a British agent. He works well, for, he, well, he, he's a crown, he's the corporate CEO of the corporation, the president, right? Or, or on paper. Is that how you yeah. say it? Yeah, I think, I think what happened was in that banking act kind of thing, like they flipped the wording of instead, I can't, no, I'm going to get this wrong, but maybe some uh, American in the chat there can, can help us out with this. But I, I believe that they changed it from like the Constitution of the United States of America to like the Constitution for the United States of America. That one word of to for. They switched it, yeah. They flipped it and that changed the whole legal, like all the legal ramifications of it. And apparently 
And I'm just speculating on this, but apparently the the whole they're going to switch back. They're going to change that lettering back because that was an unlawful act to do, but they're going to change it back. And then the next president that comes in under the original constitution that was passed in the 1770s, whatever it was, that will, that would, the next president will become like the 17th president of the U S because a, a right, whole because bunch of them that have been running since that switch, um, don't count because they were running a, the corporation of America, not the sovereign country of america like it's it gets it's really complicated man i'm, a, I'm not an expert see, on it's it, funny you bring it up and i don't want to go into too many segues because i want you to just dive right back in but really yeah. quickly because we're on this subject did you see the recent post that trump made that the media is making hay about saying yeah. that he wants to dismantle no, the i didn't say that at all which is not what he said but i'm on true social I watched... said, it makes more sense maybe what he's talking about there no but what he was saying is that when you have this level of corruption Right. It right. basically nullifies the Constitution. He didn't say that he's going to or he wants to. He's saying when you have when this you when you have this level of election fraud, right? You you're basically just flipping the bird to the Constitution down there and saying, like, fuck it, like we don't care if we're breaking the law. Like we're gonna seat these unlawful governments, right? These uh, elect these people fraudulently. And seat them down there and just do what we want because they're like they're they're mo from what I understand they're committing treason because oh yeah right like big time right and I guarantee you there's foreign influence and that's why not to get too far off track here we'll dive back into this because I can finish up the first part of this like we can get up to 1901 okay because that's a and really then we can big do a part two. Yeah. yeah we could do a part two and the part two we can do I'll go into Actually, that's a good idea. We should do a part two because it's going to take two hours to go through all the shenanigans that they did after 1901. Because there's like a demarcation line um, on January 22nd, 1901. And that's the date that Queen Victoria dies. So there's like a demarcation mm -hmm. line right there. And that's a good place to actually stop because um, from that point forward, they, the 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 powers that be right they've got to work incredibly hard to keep their uh to keep the illusion alive right and to keep the people in canada are, are like under you know the 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 blanket kind of like the the wool over the eyes they've got to work really really hard to yeah, keep real, the, real quick question on there, let's jump right back in and get up okay. to that 1901 we got about 30 minutes you got the time okay. yeah. um but real quick do you think a lot of these guys getting into politics are all selected sworn in behind you know they know what's up or do you think some of them are just they they don't even know what the hell this is like today or back then i'd say right now like right now there's all these guys some of them local some of them on different levels I think I, yeah, I thought about that. Yeah. Like, um, what do you think? Well, well, let's just look at the current government in Canada right now. If you were to stick the entire Liberal Party in a room, how many IQ points do you figure you got? Like seriously, 
We wouldn't but get above I, Rubens, I listen sure, to them. Not a whole lot. It's it's hard for me to listen to Justin Trudeau and Kathy Freeland. Like I end up punching the couch like for about yeah, half an hour. Yeah. Like, like um, so we won't go there. Like uh, um I what about I on the hit- conservatives or like Maxime Bernier or some of these other guys, okay. you know? Like what do you think okay. about that? Um I think that there is depending on the person, like Justin Trudeau is seriously, I don't, I think he would have difficulty outdoing a, uh, a raw potato for IQ, right? Like he's just, he's one of the dumbest. I think he has to be honestly one of the dumbest politicians we've ever put into office. Right. Or it's an act because he's or just not his public. Role, I don't know, right? man. I've but seen some interviews of him when he was still like teaching and stuff, man. And he just like, I got a pretty good sense of people, right? Like a sixth sense. Like some people call it empathic abilities. Like I'm really empathic. I can, I can, I can tell, I can interpret the energy people give off and I feel it physically. Right. And truth has a vibe and deception has a vibe. And I, I can, I can tell pretty quick. Um, in my, now that I, now I'm sitting here almost 44 years old, right. I've got a couple of decades under my belt and figuring this out. And I, I've listened to a lot of people in just my everyday life, but also from studying this stuff and then listening to the politicians. And I know for a fact, they're lying. I've been able to kind of interpret that vibe, that energy that they put off. And I honestly think he's just an idiot. I don't really think he's all that smart at all. Like what is he ever like? He's never he's never had to be tested, right? He's 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 a silver tongue boy, right? His dad had massive wealth from his corruption and whatnot, right? And uh, we won't go into like we'll get into Pierre Trudeau and the and the fuckery that he pulled, man, in the sixties and seventies and eighties, man, because the Constitution Act is not what you think it is, and that we could almost do a whole show on just the shenanigans around that whole thing. But yeah, because that also, people, I think, forget that in Canada, even what we call our Charter of Rights, which most people think is the Constitution, is <laughs> like, dude, the, the like, Brian it's Pierre Trudeau, oh, like, you that's think he's going to give us rights? Like, are you kidding me? Like, I wasn't alive. Well, I was barely alive. But, like, Pierre Trudeau hated Canadians. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a famous story of him riding the rails through Canada. And he flipped the bird to a bunch of people that were standing on the side of the railway tracks, flipping him off and chucking stuff at the train because they hate the Western Canadians hated him. Right. And he's sitting on the train. There's this famous like incident where like people were protesting that train because he went on the train from coast to coast. I think Um, I don't remember the exact year of this, but he he was apparently sitting there laughing at like basically flipping him off. Right. Like he hated Canadians. So I see these people running around like waving the charter rights and I'll show you how the, how the charter doesn't have any standing in law. And you'll understand why the courts didn't uphold really any of the, the sections in that charter. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll dive into that in the next one. Cause that's, it's a call. Yeah, that's another long. Mess. Yeah. Cause it's a you make a mess. good point. I had like Rocco Galati on and other guys yep. on, and you know, I, whether I don't know what they know and they don't know, but um, you think about it. We we're now almost three years into this shit show that just started yeah. with all this stuff, and no court has heard the argument and made a ruling on any of it. Um, there have and, been a couple. I've found a couple, and really, I actually like have the Supreme Court of Canada. 
I've got some rulings from some constitutional challenges because I was watching this because I okay. wanted to see how the courts navigated this because I know it doesn't have any standing in law and I can prove it with the documents. I'll show you in the next one. We'll do. I'll show you. Okay. Um, I know that it's bullshit um, and it's never been ratified and it's actually really simple. It, it took me a long time to kind of figure out like how exactly because they make it deliberately tricky to unravel right so they work they're shut they're shady fuckers man but they always try to make it really complex and stuff right so it's hard to unwind but i've got it figured out now and i can show you guys using the documents right again it's not my opinion i'll show you the actual evidence for it mm. but when i kept seeing all these people waving the charter rates around i'm just like you know face plant like you guys aren't <laughs> like nobody reads the thing when I was on Twitter and when I was on Gab and now I'm on Telegram, right? And I'm waiting to see if I get my Twitter account back. Because you do. You got to come back. Yeah, because I want to go and there. start harassing the politicians again with these documents and just showing people. Like, you're full of shit. Um, you're lying to us. And I can prove it. Like, look, this is the document, right? Explain this, right? You say, oh, you're like, you're like Daniel Smith's talking about the, the, constant, the Confederation. I saw it just recently. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right now, you ask me, like, do these politicians know? I think some of them know. But again, you probably don't want a lot of them to know, right? Because they're just they're, they're saying what you learn in school, right? They're just yeah. trumpeting that. They're just parroting that. And that's what they want. They want everybody to think, oh, no, everything's kosher. Everything's legal. Right? Like, we got all these documents. Like, don't worry about it. Just don't need to go look at it. Like, don't go looking at this stuff. And it's all, don't trust us. Right? Like, even I'm just going to throw this out there because this pissed me off. I was watching Brian Peckford, who's the last living premier that was involved with the charter, right? right? And negotiating it with Pierre Trudeau. I was watching him because I was like, I want to see what he says. This is the guy that was actually in the room. Right, like negotiating this stuff, right, and drafting this, right, with the other premiers, right, and he was on—I can't remember who he was talking to—but he he said I actually actually heard him say like because people were coming at him, going like, well, what about the statute of Westminster? Well, what about you know, um, like what I just showed you here, the Interpretations Act, like that proves that we didn't confederate, right? It's not a constitution; we became a colony, right? Like people were throwing that at him. And he was saying, like, you guys got to stop digging in the past. I was like, what? Hmm. Like, stop digging in the past. What do you mean? And he's like, stop digging in the past. Like, all this was taken care of in 82 with this Constitution Act. Like, these are the constitutions. Like, there's no need to go digging around in the past and blah, blah, blah. Like, these are the documents. They're legit. Like, there's no need to go digging around. And that's all. Just forget about that stuff. And I was just like, oh. That was his argument? Oh. I, I should, I'll, I'll try and find when it, when, he, when he actually says that, because I saw a bunch of people talking about it too, and I was watching. But he he's and he also admits that Quebec didn't sign that document, and that's big. That's the that's the key to unraveling that whole thing about it not being ratified is that Quebec refused to sign it. But it's it's tricky, and I don't want to go into it now because we only got a couple minutes left here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, okay, this is um, just okay. I'll you I just know there's go. so much. We Pretty could probably sure. do like a half dozen of these, dude, and like dive could, right dude. into it. Zan, and you've uh, done such an amazing job. You're so eloquent. I can tell you're a genuine guy. You know what you're talking about. You care yeah, about this country. Okay. Uh, I want I want a anytime. constitution. And, yeah. I'm a gun owner. Okay. 
Yeah. I just finally got my my pal, right? And I have finally bought a shotgun, right? And a bunch of ammo. And I'm waiting to get some prescription safety glasses so I can go pop some rounds off, right? And you know, um, uh, but like I'm looking at this gun grab and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes, like um, they're gonna come for all of them. Like they're not gonna stop. They want all the guns because I can guarantee you that the federal government as it stands right now, and even the other ones, like if Pierre Paul Eve, if he gets in there, he's gonna do the same thing because he's a weffer, right? He likes yeah, to, he's trying to hide it. He's desperately trying to hide it, but he is. His entire campaign you know you know crew is all weffers, man. Like his come on. silence, his silence yeah. on things his is deafening. deafening. That's my thing. I'm like, why are you not? Why isn't he taking this opportunity yep. to call Trudeau for lying on the stand in the inquiry? He could crush the liberals if he, he wanted could. to. Why isn't Pierre Polyev talking about the the two point two million that Trudeau paid that former student? What the fuck was Trudeau, that about? So many things. His dad, her dad, said that they were involved when she was younger than fourteen. What the fuck? Right? That's a slam dunk. Where was where was the conservatives? Did they mention that at all? What the fuck is and, that? And, you you know, I had I had uh, Mark Friesen on a while back, and he brought up um, the fact that it was actually the conservatives under Harper that brought in the. Canada signing on to the Paris Climate Accord and the Sustainable Development Goals of the United Nations. It was the Conservatives yeah. that pushed that through. And he was basically saying, if you guys want to vote for the Conservative Party because they're dangling a juicy carrot in front of you once again, yeah. uh, watch what you're doing because the, he's surrounded by a swamp in that Conservative Party, even if he was a good you guy. Can't, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cult. It's a, Yeah. It's, it's a cult. You can't. Because it, it, look what happened to... Uh, Oh my God! I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, look at look at the recent guys that were opposing the COVID shit mm. in the Conservative Party, right? What happened? They kicked them out. Yeah, they yeah. kicked them out. They cleared it out. They clear they clear them out. They, they either send them to the back bench, right, or they just kick them out and they say like, "No, you're done." And it's everything that you see in the House of Commons is just pure theater. They're all owned by the same mother weffers because you do not get into power in Canada unless you play the game. Right? And look at this. Look at the look at what happened. Trudeau gets in in 2015, right? Now, I'm going to I'm going to state and I don't have the receipts for this, but this is my own personal view. I don't think that we have ever ever had a free election in Canada ever. I would agree. I really don't. I don't care that we, we use paper ballots. You can still cheat with paper ballots. Because I, I was saying that to somebody. I'm like, right? people go, oh, oh, we can't cheat. Yeah. Canada. I'm like, oh, what? You mean the oldest method of voting? You yeah. don't think they figured out a way to yeah. hack that You don't shit? think that they can just like crumple them up and throw them in an incinerator? Like, and then just like replace the X that you put on that ballot with their guy? Like, come on. Right? Because it's like Stalin said. It's not who casts the vote. It's who counts the votes. Who counts them, yep. Right? So... Before we run out of time here, I just want to fire this off because we've got this yeah, one. Go right ahead. One, I'm just going to sit back. Yeah. Go for it. This one little one. This is a short one, though. So keep the British North American Act up. Keep it open. So we're going to go to the, uh, if you go to the timeline, go to the Statute Law Revisions Act in 1893. Statutes. Law Revisions Act, 1893. This was it's what a you short one. Me, right? You mean the screenshots? Uh, no, 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 in the timeline. 
in the Hold timeline. Up. I could I could open it up on the I have it. Wait, wait. Oh, do you mean sorry? Oh, oh yeah, here we go. Sorry. You mean on the uh Mrs. The Canada side. I have the screenshots of the Canada. document too. Um I could throw it up if you want. Here I can I got it right here. Is this what you're talking about? Oh hang on, sorry. I just pulled it up here. Uh nope. That's the that's the uh that's just a list on that website. The actual timeline. You mean the interpret not the interpretations act? No, not the interpretations act. Go to the next one that's down from eighteen ninety three. Here, I'll get the screenshot of it. I got a I got an okay. image of this sucker. Yeah, you'll have to help. Um, me. I'll uh, it's in the it's on the timeline, but I've got it like uh, marked out here. I'll just do this real quick. Oh, where the hell is it? I'm just trying to. I just know what you mean by the timeline. Click on the Myth is Canada site. Oh oh oh! So I was in the right spot, and we're looking for. Here, I've got it up here. Okay, here we go. I'll pull. Do you it see it? Yeah, one sec. And okay, just reopen it there. I got your screen on. Oh, reopen it. Okay. Just pull oh, where is it? Oh, wait, I got all these open here. Here, this one. This one. You see this? It? Yeah, it's small, but we can see it. Here, I'll make it big. Is that better? It's kind of yeah, small. You can zoom even more if you want on like oh, a wait. specific section, maybe. I think oh, it lets yeah. you zoom. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's better. Okay. Okay. And guys, again, we're going to post all this for you. Don't yeah. This is, all, this is all on the Myth is Canada website on the timeline. All the stuff's there. This is where I got oh, all this. Yeah, I just yeah, took yeah. screenshots so I could show. Okay, okay. So this is a short one. So this one, so just, just to give some quick context, Queen Victoria had a son out of wedlock and he was an adult now and she's getting on in years. And she was worried that after she died, that he was going to take a run at some of this stuff and cause some trouble, right? So um, if you remember in the British North American Act in, of 1867, where it said the, the executive power section three, I think it is, where it talks about the, uh, where the executive power is vested, right? In the queen, right? And then she wrote the letters patent for the governor general, right? So he could do his dictatorship, right? So she, uh, but she's realizing, right? Again, they're broke and she's got this like illegitimate son that might cause a bunch of problems for them after she's dead, right? Because section two on the, uh, in the British North American Act is, uh, is an extension clause that grants the heirs and successors to Queen Victoria, the kings and queens of the British monarchy, right? It extends that executive power. So that's okay. that's that's the second one on the British North American, the second section in there says it's something about, I can't remember the exact wording of it, but it, it's an extension clause, right? So after Queen Victoria dies, her successors get it, right? So, but she's realizing like, okay, this might be trouble. So, this document, the Statute Law Revisions Act that we're looking at here, it says where it's expedient. Um, so here, an act for further promoting the revision of the statute law by repealing enactments which have ceased to be enforced or have become unnecessary. So this is June 19th, 1893. So it says, where is it expedient that certain enactments which may be regarded as spent or have ceased to be enforced otherwise than by express specific repeal by parliament or have by lapse of time or otherwise become unnecessary 
should be expressly and specifically repealed, okay? The enactments described in the schedule to this act are hereby repealed, subject to the provisions of this act and subject to the exceptions and qualifications of the schedule mentioned, blah, 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 right? You can finish reading that if you want. Okay, let's just scroll down here. So this is this stuff's being repealed. So right here, in part, namely, this part here, be it therefore to same as follows. If you go and look, if you pull up the uh, original B&A Act, this be it therefore to same as follows, when you look at the, uh, the original B&A Act from 67, that is the enacting clause for the B&A Act. Okay? They repealed it. So remember that. So the enacting clause is now gone. They've, uh, what the fuck is this? Okay. They, they took out the enacting clause from the British North American Act. So I can read it for you right here. It says, be it there. This is from the original BNA Act. So it says, be it therefore enacted and declared by the Queen's most excellent majesty, by and with the advice and consent of the Lord's spiritual and temporal and commons in this present parliament assembled and by the authority of the same as follows. So that part is now gone. They got rid of it, which means that the British North American Act 1867 cannot be used again. The, it, the enacting clause is gone. Okay, so once this document, once the British North American Act becomes legally dead, uh, it can't be resurrected. You have to you have to do another one, like a new one. Okay, so all of these politicians nowadays that are stating that the BNA Act number one is a constitution, which it's not, but they're saying that it's still on the law books. This is why it's not. And nobody, including Pierre Trudeau in 1982, can patriate it as they claim he did because the fucking enacting clause is gone. How can you enact something when there's no enacting clause? Explain that. And what's do you know what their counter argument to that is? Like, what would they say if I brought Brian Peckford in here? What do you think he would say? I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't want to speculate on that because that's putting their nuts in a vice and people behave right. very bizarrely when you do that. And especially if you were to throw up, you have to use the documents because it's, you notice all of these people never show you the documents. They never no CTV article when they're talking about confederation ever links to any of the documents. When they, you see these like legal guys when they're doing write-ups about you know Canadian Confederacy and stuff, do you ever see the links to the documents? No, they don't source their stuff at all. Nope. So okay, so that's the first big one right there. The second one, section two. She removes the extension clause for the executive power. So now once Queen Victoria dies on January 22nd, 1901. Canada no longer has a monarch. Because and it wouldn't have been, even though Elizabeth is the successor, that doesn't count, basically? No, because when you look at the original doc, if you look at the B&A Act, right? Section 9, 
says that the executive power is vested in Queen Victoria. Okay? Not the queen and kings of the British monarchy. Specific. specific. Queen Victoria. Okay? And then in 1893, or sorry, in section two, so that's section nine, where it states that the executive power is vested in Queen Victoria. Right? Remember what, what I said about legal documents? If you put a name in there, that document, that is specifically talking about that one individual. If you want it, that's why they put in section two um, of the document. And I can pull that up just so people can see it real quick here. Let me grab it while I talk. Um, where is it here? Uh, holy crap, I got so much stuff on here. Um, so that's why they had to put in the second section there uh that the extension clause uh let's see if it's in here yeah here it is can you see this it's up yeah go ahead yeah so we're the red part here application of provisions referring to the queen the provisions of this act referring to her majesty the queen which is queen victoria right but extend also to the heirs and successors of Her Majesty, kings and queens of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland. The Statute Law Revisions Act repealed this. This is gone. So any... that was in the original. Yep. So this means that when Queen Victoria dies, none of her heirs have executive power over Canada ever. The only way that the, that the British monarchy, and we'll go into this in the next vid because the shenanigans fan that they pull. And this is, this is why they have to go to like Jedi level shenanigans after Queen Victoria dies in 1901, because she pulled the executive power from the heirs of Queen Victoria. Like she pulled it from him because she was scared that her illegitimate son was going to make a challenge for stuff. Right. So that so was, she that must was, have known. They must have known they had another way to secure. Well, yeah, they had it because they, yeah. What am I talking about? They got us right out of the jump with yep. taking out that. Preamble so the executive power is vested in the queen, right? Solely in the, in queen Victoria, Right. And this, this extension clause gets repealed in 1893, which means that when she died, now you have to remember, the British North American Act is, um, is enacted by the Queen. She had the sole executive power. So when she dies in 1901, the British North American Act, 1867, dies with her. Oh, okay. Okay, the whole so thing, right. because when you look at the start, when you look at the start of uh, when you look at the British North American Act uh, at the beginning, who is it? Who's it between? It's a queen. It's a queen. She, she's the sovereign, right? And these are mm-hmm. colonies, so she's the queen, right? So she's the one with the executive power. So. When uh, when she dies, oh wait, actually I think I got the the first page here. Yeah, here we go. Here's the first page. Look, 
Um, whereas the province of Canada, Nova, Nova Scotia, blah, 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 right? The authority of the parliament, not only constitutional legislation, um, authority in the dominion be provided for, right? All this stuff, right? Be it therefore, right? This is the enacting clause. Be it therefore enacted and declared by the Queen's most excellent majesty. That's the Queen. Who are they talking about? Queen Victoria. They stipulate that in section nine, where it says the Queen Victoria has the executive power. So that's, that's who they're talking about. Bind with the advice and consent of the Lord, spiritual, temporal, blah, 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 blah. This section that I just read right here, that got repealed. Mm -hmm. So when she dies in 1901, the BNA Act dies with her. It's no longer on the books. It is legally dead. In 1901, it's gone. So any... Any semblance of what we thought of as Canada, I mean, I guess it didn't even get kicked off properly, but no, we never we never Victoria were a sovereign anyway. country. That's what I that's what I'm trying to show you guys here today. That's what I just showed you. We weren't a sovereign country, we became a united colony under the title Canada. The Dominion, by the UK's own definition, is a British possession, a colony. So when you see Dominion of Canada. Substitute dominion for colony. It's the colony in Canada. Mm. Okay? With a dictator at the helm, the governor general. He can do that because of the letters patent. So 1901, this, uh, January 22nd, she dies. The BNA, the BNA Act dies with her. And in order for the UK Parliament and King George... Right, because he doesn't have executive power anymore. That's gone. Right. So, in order for King George and the UK Parliament to reacquire control over these countries now, because uh, one quick thing to note before we go, because I know you got to run, but um, in law there is no intermediary status between that of colony and sovereign state. Because the BNA Act died, and because it created the colony of Canada, when it died, the provinces that were part of the Dominion, so that would be Manitoba, um, British Columbia, I believe the Yukon Territory slid in there. You had Ontario, Quebec, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and I think PEI was in there. Newfoundland didn't come on board until like 1940, I think. Um, and Alberta, and Saskatchewan didn't join the union until 1905. And there's a fun story behind that one. But all of the provinces that were part of the dominion are now sovereign countries, basically sovereign states. So in order for the UK to legally and the King George to legally reestablish control, they would have to have the now sovereign people agree to forfeit their executive power and give it to King George and the UK Parliament. So they knew they could get that done because they were already getting uppity and being like, fuck, we want out of this, right? Like Nova Scotia from the start got dragged into the, the colony of Canada against their will. There was 33,000 people signed a petition asking to get out of it or to avoid going into it. And they just said, fuck you, you're coming in, right? So they needed to do this. So what did they do? They didn't tell the UK Parliament 
And the King George they didn't say anything. They just said, shut up. We'll just keep going like, like it's the same. And King George issued letters patent, which he didn't have authority to do, to a new governor general and just said, it's all the same. We'll just keep going like nothing changed. Wow. Is that nuts? It's like the biggest con ever. I mean, oh, dude. So many cons, but yeah. okay. We let's just go like two, three minutes. Yeah. We got to give some people a solution goal somewhere. Cause otherwise people are lost at sea and they're like, holy yeah. shit, you just blew my mind. We're stuck. Yeah. We're not even a country. Uh, people really from this, Cause this is nuts. This is like the, the biggest con ever. No, seriously. Right? And we have to keep, we're going to, guys, we're going to keep bringing Zan back. You're my new best yeah. friend, man. We got to keep bringing yeah. you back. We can, we can go deeper because the shenanigans and, really start now because they got to yeah. keep this quiet, right? Yeah, they got to keep do. this under wraps. Now, the big, the big reason, I'll just throw this in and then we'll wrap it up. We'll leave it on a positive note here. Okay. Um, the reason they want to keep it quiet, right? And they want to keep going is because, and we'll touch on this next, next time I come on, we can start off with this, right? Is that, and we'll go through like the whole like Rupert's Land Act and all that crap, right? How the Western provinces got into this whole yeah, yeah, yeah. whole thing, whatever. We'll explain all of that. I just wanted to show this shit because this just blows this stuff out of the water and gets rid of it. Um, the reason they did this, the reason they're so desperate to maintain the original B&A Act, which is now legally dead on in 1901, right? January 23rd. It's now dead, right? King's gone. He's got no power. Um, over Canada, the UK Parliament, they ha have no state. The people that are residing in these now sovereign states, the provinces, have all the executive power because they're sovereigns. The only one they answer to is the big guy upstairs, right? So they control everything, but they don't know anything because we don't have the internet. Right? It's 1901. They like, have to think back of like communication ability of the people back then, right? And it's printing presses, right? And they had you know, infancy of telecoms and all this stuff, right? So it was hard to get, you had to basically pass paper around, right? To get anything, information passed, right? All, but, but pretty much, right? But so it was, it was fairly easy to keep it quiet. But the reason was, and you'll go look at section, if they want to, they can go and look in the original BNA Act into section 109 of the 1867 BNA Act. Because that's the one where it, it talks about the resources, right? And it defines who has control over the resources. So the provincial legislature, legislature and, the, and the federal legislature, they both get their, you know, their fingers in there. They're, they get to wet their beaks in that. Now, you look at the natural resources of well i mean there's some in eastern canada but manitoba saskatchewan alberta bc think of the natural resources that are sitting there untouched it's huge that's whew, holy shit that is a ton of resources right not just like the timber and the farming and shit but like the the mining right um this is all pretty much untapped Right, and you think of what we've hauled out of there since 1901. Yeah. So they kept this all quiet because if they had acknowledged that the BNA Act is dead, they can no longer pilfer off of those resources. They don't get a cut. 
So that's their motivation for keeping it quiet is that that, uh, that act, section 1019, where it stipulates that they get to wet their little beaks or their little snouts in everything that's coming out of the ground, right? And all the, like the, the timber and everything, right? They get a cut of that. That goes away. Poof. As soon as Queen Victoria dies, they no, no, no longer have claim to it. They don't want to give that up, right? That's a big piece of cake. And they don't want to give that up. So they just tell everybody, shut up. We're going to keep going. King George writes new letters, Pat, and sits a new governor general. And they just keep going. Like nothing happened. So, um, stunning, so eh? Motive yeah, man. So we got some motive here. So this is the kind of shit that we should be tossing at the current politicians. Because that's when the federal government and the provincial governments became de facto unlawful. And since that time, us sovereigns who now hold even to today, ever since 1901, the sovereign people sitting on the land. So that's you, that's me, that's everybody that's in Canada that's watching this or not yeah, what's watching our claim? this. What's our claim? We have the executive power. It's ours to do whatever we want with it, to create anything we want. We want to create a constitution. Well, first off, we have to create a constitution provincially because we have to seat de jure government provincially because then that de jure government representing the people, if the people so desire to create a federation, which is a federal authority, right, they would get together those premiers could get together and negotiate a federation because the provinces since 1901 have been sovereign countries without a constitution. And what does a constitution do? It just, it, it, it outlines what kind of government are you going to have, right? How are you going to elect them? What kind of money are you going to use? Who's going to print it, right? What kind of what kind of law are you going to use? You're going to use merchant law. You're going to lose admiralty law. You're going to use common law, natural law. Like what are you going to use, right? What kind of court system are you going to have? What are you going to have? Are you going to be a parliamentary system, or are you going to have more like the states? Are you going to be a republic? Are you going to be a constitutional republic? What are you going to be? That's what a constitution does. It's just a social contract that the, that the sovereign people agree to abide by and live by, right? It's not under. Right? You're creating this document to codify how you want to run your country. Right, So the provinces that are sovereign countries, they've got to get together. The people, the politicians can't do it because they're unlawful. They're outside of law. Right, They can't do it. They're illegal. So that's why you never see so them talk about it. Now I understand what your beef was with Danielle Smith. Yeah. Was that you would have liked to, if you're like, okay, if she was legit, now maybe there, is there an argument for maybe she's trying to do Look it step this. by step, but Look if she this. was legit, she would do exactly what you're saying is Can to you get see a this? constitution to, yeah. Do you see this? Oh, let me pull it up. Okay. You're on. Go ahead. Do you see this? Alberta sovereignty yep. within the United Canada Act. First off, what the fuck are you talking about? United Canada. What is Canada, right? Look at the preamble. Look down here. Whereas the Constitution Act 1867, the Constitution Act 1930, the Constitution Act 1982 are foundational documents that establish the rights and freedoms of Albertans. What the fuck are you talking about? 
and the relationship between the provincial and federal orders of government, including the division of legislative powers between them. And again, whereas the province of Alberta is granted rights and powers under the Constitution Act 1867, 1930, and 1982, and is not subordinate to the government of Canada. What the fuck are you talking about, Danielle? Wow. So either she doesn't know any no. of that and yeah. is just assuming what she got taught in school yeah. is what it is. It's, it's legit. Or, she knows and is gaslighting Albertans. Yeah. It's either one and either one. Is it's one of the two. She either doesn't, isn't aware of this, uh, which you could forgive them for that, right? Because we don't have a stipulation that you know this shit before you go into office, right? I think we yeah, should have an aptitude test. Most of this right now. Yeah, I'm, I think we should have an aptitude test for politicians. I want to know if you know what's happened in the past, right? I, I want to know if you're aware of it, right? Because you're going to be making new legislation. How can you do that if you don't know what the legality is of the past documents, right? Like, do they have standing well, in law or not? Route. That's the root of where this all started. The whole problem with Alberta wanting to have its own territory and its own thing yeah. and get away from the federal government. It didn't start with Justin Trudeau. It started oh. back at the founding of this country. Well, yeah, because they came into the, they supposedly, right? Now, remember, they're gaslighting everybody and saying nothing changed. Alberta and Saskatchewan joined the union in 1905. Four years after the BNA Act is legally dead. So they're not joining a union. The union doesn't exist. The colony yeah. of Canada that they supposedly joined didn't exist no for four there. years. It didn't exist so for four the, years. So all those things she's bringing up, all those acts and constitute, that, there's no basis to it. Nope, so she's they're just, legally it's dead. assumption or it's gaslighting, like you said. Yeah. So, so the true solution would be to ratify the constitution. No, no, no. We no. have to create. We, ha we, we haven't even is, created one. Yeah, no, right. this is the problem because Canadians think it's already been done. This right. is my main motivation for doing this is because Canadians think it's already been done. Right? You see people waving the charter around. Oh, the constitution, right? right? No, that's not it. It hasn't, that's got no standing in law. We'll get into that next time. But um, the original one, like the original rump shaker, right? The the 67 one, 1867 one, died, is legally dead. January 23rd, 1901. It's dead. So the and the and now the the people that were inhabiting the Dominion of Canada, they're now sovereign sovereigns on sovereign territory. And yet we are so, bending the knee to the Privy Council and the Governor General who works on behalf of the Crown and the whole gang, the whole club. Everybody does. And Every politician swears allegiance to the Crown. Yeah, because that's the pecking order. That's the that's that compartmentalization I was trying to break down for people. Like, yeah. you know what you need to know all the way they up all, to the top. RCMP. Sorry, Zen. I, fuck, I wish I could keep going. But really uh, quick, did you watch in the inquiry when they brought members of the Privy Council in? Yeah. What's her face with the, and some of the, just the way they were, their whole demeanor, like you're talking oh. about judging character. I'm like, who are these people? Yep. And they have, they're figureheads. They're That's figureheads. Right. The governor general and on down, everybody underneath that is part of the government is all illegal and has been since 1901, period. I don't give a shit who you are. I don't care how many law degrees you have. I don't care how much money you have in your bank account. 
I don't care how high you hold your nose in the air. That is a legal fact. I don't give a shit if that hurts your feelings. That that should piss you off. Like it should really piss you off. Piss me off for months. And it pisses me off every time I see these people going on there. And it breaks my heart when I see people going, yay, Daniel, way to go. And they're, they're all like, Pumping their fists, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tell Trudeau to go fuck himself. You don't need to do that. You're already sovereign. Justin Trudeau and, and the people, Liberals then, don't have those, jurisdiction, and I they feel don't have legal jurisdiction. Yeah, I feel your frustration because you've been doing this for a long time, and to see that, and I mean, these people mean well. These these are yeah. good Canadians that they think. Like, they're they, doing they well. all, we're all into the fa- false pretenses. We all want yeah. the same thing. What do we want? We want freedom. We yep. want access to our land. We want property yep. rights. We want the government oh. to leave us the fuck alone. That's what yeah. people want. We want to have a country, a family, a unified vision, right? Yeah, we, we want to be safe, that is. secure. We want to have exactly. uh, speech. We want to have money and not yeah. this fiat Wonder. currency shit that keeps devaluing. Like my shop just went up 10 bucks again. Yeah, they're raking us with taxes. Like, how the hell is that legal? Oh like, my god! Wait till you understand the fuckery with the t- income tax shit, dude, and the tax acts. Wait till you find that out. Because look, 1901 forward, every government, provincial or federal, is illegal. Wow. So any wow. anything that they pass is Ill- unlawful. They don't have the authority to pass it. Well, and I'm <laughs> just going to piss some people <laughs> off here, man. You've given me so much. And listen, yeah. I've got so many emotions going through me right now. But the first you gotta let it percolate, bud. You got to let know, it but... kind of percolate in your head and yeah. let the emotions kind of roil around and get out of your system. And uh-huh. then you'll sit there and you'll look at it again. Go, go back and look at it in a week or so and just go over it again and you'll see and you'll be like, holy shit. Oh, I, right? I already, I'm already, holy shit. I'm just feeling yeah, okay. it. And the first. <laughs> The first uh, emotion is, or the first thing is gratitude, man. Like yeah. for, for so, coming in and, and putting this together we'll this. And the way you delivered it. It's like sometimes when you hear stuff, you hear it and it doesn't quite click until the right person says it in the right way. And then it smacks you upside the head and it's yep. like, holy shit. Well, that's and what Doug did, did to today. me, man. Yeah. You he laid it out there and he talked about the docs and he showed yep. them and I was like, holy fuck, this is legit. Yeah. This Here, is- let me just get this out because I'm going to have to go. Yeah. Okay. But um. Just a big debt of gratitude. We have to do more of these. Oh, yeah. Anytime, uh, thank man. You. Send it all over, and um, I'll get it out to everybody listening. And let yeah. me just finish with this, guys, okay? Let me just finish with this. Um, I want to know what the truth is, and I want to bring and restore the spirit of freedom back to this country. That's my genuine, genuine motivation. And if we have to go and dig up every single document ever signed, and all every second of Canada's existence or non-existence to dig up the truth, to find out why our government doesn't listen to us. Really? They only pay us lip service and they change it when they get elected over and over again, no matter what party gets in when the whole time, the power resides. We've been saying this even on a philosophical level, the power resides within you. Yeah. You are already free. It's got to start with a state of mind first. And yep. then getting off of the teats of government and saying, oh, these people that are just going to walk in and change it for us, we have to change it. It's got us and you and I on a ground level, and we can't change anything if we're operating under false pretenses yep. about how this works. 
And yeah. if we want to know why nobody came to bat for us during this whole lockdown scenario and Trudeau's getting away with a smile on his face, hand, you know, he can stomp people in the streets. He can pull off a basically a Che Guevara if he wants, and yeah. nothing's going to hold him responsible. Now you know why. Yeah. If, and this just makes too much sense for me, man. So yeah. look, they're dictators. Unite this country yeah. one way or another. We're going to get the right information to the right people. And we're going to change this. And we got our American brothers and sisters fighting this yeah. fight. Our, even in Britain, that love the Brits. The British people are incredible. We got to wake up to this whole con job that's been pulled by these royals and these bankers and these elites and these cults and yeah. come together as free people that want to establish a proper government, a proper man, a proper system that actually promotes freedom, truth, liberty, prosperity, yeah. the whole thing. And that's what we need the social is. contract. Social okay, contract. That's what we need. We need the social contract, which is a constitution written by us for us that limits the government's uh, power, number one, but two, the executive power resides with us. That's what the states has. That's right. But the only way that we maintain it is to be vigilant. And that's what the states are learning now is they got lazy, right? And now they're having to be vigilant again. Like Reagan said, it's only one generation from all slipping away. Yeah. You got to stay vigilant and you got to hold these people to it. But we can't do that because we don't have any legal documents that we can point to a judge and say, uphold that. Right. We can't. We have to create it. It hasn't been created yet. And we have all the power. Justin Trudeau and the feds and the provincial, they can't do shit. They're working without a net. They're illegal. They're outside of law. We're the lawful owners of the land. We have a lodial title to the land. It's ours and everything that's in it, whether you're white, whether you're Aboriginal, whether you're Chinese, whatever. If you're a legal resident of this country, this nation, whatever, right, this landmass, we own it, period. The government doesn't have jurisdiction anywhere on the land, and I'll go into that next time. We are the ones with all the power. So, like, use it. Get yeah. together with your friends and talk about this. Teach them this Learn to get rid of the together. misconceptions so that they can understand what actually happened. And then we can get to work on understanding that we're the ones with the power. All of it. They got nothing. They can't do anything to us. We get together on our own time and start committees and discuss what, what kind of country do we want? And what do we want to put and start writing down the minutes from these meetings and then start networking with people. We got the internet, right? Start talking to people, teach them this stuff so that they can understand it. And then we can say, hey, you want to create a country? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's be the founding fathers, all of us, because it takes all of us. We need the majority Canadians to get involved with this because it's ours, right? The Constitution is going to be ours, Right? The country is ours. The land is ours. The resources is ours. What do we want to leave? I don't have kids, but what do you want to leave your kids? You want to leave this shit show? Right? Or do you want to leave them a country, uh, create a country for them that will protect their rights and will limit their government and will uh, allow them to have money that doesn't depreciate every day? Right, so that they can buy stuff and save up and go and do fun shit that we can't do because it costs too much. Right, all that stuff. We will create the land that we want, the country we want. It's within us. That's what the the Statute of Westminster did publicly, was transfer all that power to us. 
It actually happened in 1901, but publicly it happened in 1931 with the Statute of Westminster. That information that I just gave you will make every politician in this country shit their pants. And I hope well, it does. Let's make them shit their pants. Yeah, actually, let's, let's do, do the test on this. Go to your local town meeting. Yeah. Memorize a couple key points and yeah. don't even go in there as the expert. Go in there well, like, hey, I was just my just I asking just had a question. I just yeah. had a question. And yeah. just be that innocent little, I just got a question yeah. and see how they react and document their reaction. They won't know and what the fuck you're talking about. I exactly. can almost guarantee you. It all for you. They won't know. So learn this and stuff I, and then I, go and teach people and then go to the politicians and yeah. present it to them and just say, you know what? I was reviewing some of these documents and I'm not so sure about this, but can you clarify this for me? And then just ask them like, it says here in whatever, right? Like, we're a dominion, but then in this document later, it says that a dominion's a colony. So when you talk about confederation, um, that doesn't add up, right? And just watch their reaction. You might actually see some of them sh literally shit their pants on stage if they know about it, because it terrifies wow. them knowing this. So let's do it. Well, anytime you want me to come back, we'll continue down the historical path, and we'll keep yeah, educating we'll people we until get that other guy. That other guy, yeah, we'll we get can, that force in too. Yeah, if you bring him in, I'm just gonna sit and listen, man. <laughs> well, that I want to do the part two you, Yeah, we got to do the part two to get all those other points in, yeah. and then we'll we'll keep rolling this out. And yeah. um, if you want to have me back by myself, I can roll through this really quick and okay. just get the other points through and stuff. And then if you want to do like a, a roundtable kind of thing with yeah. me and and Doug, and he could he can bring some people in too if you want, because this is okay. how we do it. We got to get everybody involved in this because it's, it's a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Get it, get it rolling because we are the ones that have to do the dirty work and make the constitutions and make a country. It's us. The politicians the can't country. do it. Yep. Dude, that was fire. My was mind fun. is spinning. This was amazing. Thank you so much again. Yeah. I'm so glad to meet you, brother. And you're out in yeah. Manitoba, right? Yeah. I'm Winnipeg, man. Oh, Winnipeg. We used to compete yeah. with you when I lived in Saskatchewan for coldest winter. Who's winning right now? You think? <sighs> Oh, right now it is. When I started this show, it was minus 20. It's minus 22. Yeah. So I'm on the yeah. island. I'm a little spoiled. It's just damper yeah. here. So it hits yeah. your body a little bit. I know. Anyway. I know relatives out there, man. They always make fun of us. And I'm like, you guys are soft, man. Get out of here. <laughs> awesome. All right, Zan, we're going to do this okay. again. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you to everybody for showing up. If this, if this blew your mind, please share the hell out of this. We need yeah. as many people because you know what? I also want the feedback. I want to hear what people think. We're all learning together. Let's get the goal of freedom in mind. The truth yeah. is going to win in the end. Thanks, yeah. everybody. I'll catch you again soon. Look forward to uh, Badlands Media. Find them on Rumble. Patel Patriot. Go to his channel on Wednesday at 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern. And Josh and I are going to be there for Earth Chronicles. All right? I'll catch everybody later. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon, Zen. Cheers. See you, buddy.